0: Welcome to Streaming with Two Dudes, where we sit down weekly to talk to you about all things streaming. Each week, we break down some of the best series, songs, movies, and shows. I'm one dude, Parker. And
1: I'm the other dude,
0: Jeff. And dudes, this week, we're talking about uh, seasons one and two of Cobra Kai. But first, Jeff, what are we getting into?
1: So, like, are are we really doing this? Is this, like, real? Uh, I know. So... It's it's a crazy idea. (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) Who would have thought that two people meeting on TikTok, uh, making stupid videos, would in less than two years somehow make a podcast about (laughs) watching TV
1: shows and talking about them? Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So, uh, you know, for all of our listeners which might just be two for the first few episodes but uh uh let's maybe get into uh like who we are you know a little bit about ourselves and maybe how our friendship began and sure yeah and then of course ultimately why a podcast okay so i'll let you go first um well uh
0: i'm parker i met jeff on tiktok uh I like long walks on the beach, uh dipping my toes in the sand after a, you know, a hard week. Um <laughs> <laughs> I actually really enjoy listening to a lot of podcasts. Um I I drive for a living uh and I work on my own, so I'm listening to a lot of stuff, um consuming tons of media in general. Um just because that's the way life is nowadays, I guess, for the most part. Uh, what about
1: you, Jeff? So, I hate the beach. I hate sand. <laughs> <laughs> Not I like all that stuff. Um, you know, just a uh, grew up in North Carolina and have lived in South Carolina last 20-something years. Um, married, kid, now a grandkid. So that, you know, thing's just moving along. But yeah, we... Uh, which I'm not sure. Maybe if your TikTok story is the same as mine. I mean, I feel like everybody's, <laughs> I feel like everybody's almost is the same. It's like COVID hit, and everybody was just looking yeah, for, right. for. I guess I was familiar with TikTok, but it was probably, I guess yeah. when COVID really got ramped up that, I just started, uh, you know, fooling around with it, and but it was you know a number of months before I. Struck up the courage to actually start posting videos. And yeah, I think
0: that I think that happened for a lot of people um, in our general age bracket, where it became a, a just a, an entertainment source at the, for it, at the beginning, and then eventually we uh, were like, all right, well, I guess we're going to use this as an outlet since we're stuck inside for you know an inordinate amount of time.
1: And and, and I'm actually probably not the best qualified person for this type of podcast because. I don't consider myself an uh, extreme like content consumer. I don't watch a ton of stuff, but I'm the type of person that when I do commit to watching something, I mean, I'm all in. I'm like, I'm looking up information on the actors, interviews. I want to discuss what I watched. I want to discuss theories. Uh, I mean, I'm just like, Totally into it, so I, right, and I
0: think I think we're both similar in that, and I think that ultimately brings us up to what you were wanting to talk about next is why why a podcast in general, and uh, I know that uh, for what we're talking about first with Cobra Kai here, um, which is what one show, one of the many shows that you and I have both um, talked about. Uh, you actually got me into. I really enjoy our discussions over just over the many shows that we have you know watched even though you say that you don't watch a lot of content the shows that we have shared um i've really enjoyed our topics and our discussions that we've that we've um that we've had and so that was i was like hey why not why not record it and put it out there and see if anybody else enjoys the dumb stuff that we have to say um because why not? You know, <laughs> I mean, that's all, that's all podcasting is in general. It's just people putting their thoughts and ideas out there and
1: why not us? Yeah, I mean, it's like we were talking and of course, you know, we we obviously both think we're highly intelligent. And <laughs> <laughs> so we're like, you know, we're having some really good conversation uh, on some of this stuff. So, you know, why the heck not put on the podcast? It would be fun. Yeah, we'll see where it goes. Right. We, and I mean, just, even
0: if, even if no one else listens to it we can record it for our own posterity and, and ego and go back to listen and be like yeah we were really smart you know this <laughs> is listen to how smart we were
1: um or our, you know tell our grandkids we had a podcast <laughs> exactly exactly um a badass podcast right? <laughs> um yeah man or i guess i got some years on you but i'm still curious what is what is your history and your memories of the original karate kid movies? So, I'll start with karate in general. I was
0: a kid that grew up on Ninja Turtles. That was definitely my um my karate introduction or martial arts introduction in general. Um I grew I was born in 1987, so I was a product of the early 90s. In general, of the karate, the Power Rangers, the Three Ninjas. Um, so I was familiar with Karate Kid, uh, just in general pop culture, pop culture references, uh, and just you know, like the icon, the icon of it all. Um, and I don't think I actually watched the first one until after I saw the next Karate Kid. Um, with Hilary Swank. And I don't even know if I watched the previous ones until even later than that. Um, and I've only seen those maybe once or twice at the most. Uh, and then I really actually, for a remake, I actually enjoyed the Jaden Smith Karate Kid uh, for what it was. Uh, But I definitely really enjoyed the original. Um, Loved it. After I saw it the first time, I probably watched it
1: probably 10 or 15 times. Uh, Yeah, it's great. I love it. I mean, so yeah, for me, I guess I'm a a product of the 80s. Um, You know, I was probably late elementary, early middle school when the original Karate Kid came out. So I just remember, you know, like most kids that age, when you see a movie like that, you want to emulate it. Uh, So, you know, so now all the kids my age, you know, we were suddenly into karate and, you know, doing the crane kick in the backyard. And and, uh, so, and yeah, I just, to this day, when I think eighties, I think karate kid, you know, that's one of my favorite movies, you know, to me, it's like karate kid, it's back to the future. And then maybe like footloose. Um, Yeah. See Miami Vice, see that whole vibe. Exactly. So, so of course, and then when they, when I you know did the sequel, you know, as kids, we just lost our minds over that. And you know, of course, I followed it through and watched all of. You know, like a you know most uh, series or franchises, it, it kind of lost a little steam. Mm-hmm. Um, but the original, man, it was I'm about like you. It's And I'm the type of person, I don't watch very many movies multiple times. I'm right. the type of person, I want to see something new. Um, I could probably count on my hand, one hand, how many movies I watch multiple times, and Karate Kid is definitely one of them. Um, And it might be top two or three as far as the number of times I've seen it, because it, it was one of those movies that it was always on some kind of cable TV channel over the years, and if I'm talking yeah. through the channels back when that was a thing, <laughs> yeah, um, I'd always stop. It's like, oh, I got to watch this scene. And of course, you end know, up watching the whole thing. Um, <laughs> so yeah, just the 80s nostalgia and I'm uh, and about like you. Um, I, I appreciated the remake. I didn't think it was too bad. And I think we talked about this before. I guess my only issue was just the the fact they used middle schoolers to me was a, l- a little odd right um which you know i believe that remake was probably will smith's thing oh i'm um, sure he had a lot of a, a big hand in it um so i mean i think he was the one that i mean he was the brains behind it i think so obviously his sons in middle school so i i guess that was kind of a requirement <laughs> but uh but yeah so so what were your feelings which your, your, your situation is a little bit different because you, you kind of came in late. Right. Um, I guess I was the OG when it comes to Cobra Kai because I remember reading or hearing about that they were launching uh, kind of a, a new TV show um, based on Karate Kid. And I mean, of course, I was initially excited, but at the same time, I was very skeptical. because it's right. Not, it's- Almost like, no, no, don't mess with that. You're, I mean, you just there's no way, you know, 30 years has passed. Let's let's not even do that. Especially considering, because uh, it started on YouTube, right? It started yeah. as a YouTube series. <laughs> I think, and that was one of the reasons I was skeptical too, because I think it was called YouTube Red at the time. And I'm like, <laughs> I didn't even know they did content. I was like, you know, it's not good if, if that's where you have to get your start at. Right. Uh, and uh, it was actually brilliant marketing because the first two episodes were on regular youtube for free mm-hmm. so a ton of people watched it just because it was free but then obviously at that point i imagine most people you want to see the rest of the season so then you got to you know subscribe to you know youtube red right. um which of course you know, i just did a 30-day free trial and as you know it's a short watch so you know i was able to complete it uh during my free trial but um, I know myself and I think you you had a few other people that were kind of egging you on to to watch it what were your thoughts going into it as far as you know knowing the original movies and the story uh,
0: so I was I mean I was obviously skeptical uh, I had a friend uh, when I was living in Nashville his, his name was Cole he was begging me for um, years to get into it and i just never was would because i was so skeptical like you said um it was on youtube it was you know i thought it was just gonna be a product of the nostalgia you know like cash in thing that was happening around the time uh so i just never really even gave it a chance and then uh i got covid uh, around new years this past year and you were like well hey you know you had also been trying to get me to watch it and so i was like why not i have absolutely no reason uh to sit down and watch it i have covid and i'm stuck in the house for at least 5 days so i watched the first episode and i knew by the end of the first episode that i was going to be hooked uh, binged the whole series within a matter of probably 48 hours (laughs) and you know going doing nothing but watching cobra kai sweating out you know toxins and (laughs) showering (laughs) sleeping and drinking pedialyte for 48 hours (laughs) so it's almost like you were great you, you were training for the all valley i was i was training for the all valley
1: uh Definitely meditating a lot. I mean, didn't you hear that there's no COVID in this dojo? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I wish, I wish that was the case. <laughs> uh, so you, you kind of spoke on it some, your initial feelings after watching that first episode and, you know, did it meet the expectations and what did it mean going into the episodes after that? I knew that the show was called Cobra Kai. I knew going into it, one of the
0: interesting elements that or one of the elements that I found interesting, I guess I should say would be that I knew that they were making it from the perspective of Johnny Lawrence. Uh, So that going into it was definitely like the main thing that was attracted to me, seeing him and seeing like his perspective and making him the, I guess the anti hero of the show, I guess, and the the main character, uh, I really enjoyed that element, and I knew that going into it, he would be a more interesting character than than it, than you know um, than Daniel would have been. So, it was really interesting, kind of seeing more of his perspective on how everything played out, and kind of seeing like him how it's affected his life. And even you know, through glimpses of John of uh, Daniel's life, uh seeing how he's gone on to, and how it's still affecting Johnny, is was probably the main takeaway of the first episode. I was I was excited for what was to come.
1: When when I got done with the first episode, I was like, "Holy cow! I cannot," you know. I, I'm like, they did it. They managed to. You know, resurrect the original Karate mm-hmm. Kid, uh, which I didn't think was possible after you know thirty years. But and like you said, I, I, when you look back as far as like the original Karate Kid, and and you look at all the different characters, there's a lot more story to tell when it comes to Cobra Kai as opposed to Daniel's story. Yeah, uh, you pretty much told what you could of Daniel's story in the Karate Kid movies. Um, But obviously, I mean, as you know, any great movie, show, franchise, it's all about the villain Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways as far as how far that franchise is going to go, how interesting it is. Um, A lot of times with the hero, you get what you get. But I mean, sometimes that villain can really elevate um, a show or movie and... But yeah, like you said, I, I was like, okay, I, I like this. It's, you're really seeing, you know, Johnny's character and, and really digging into kind of what made him. Uh, so I was super excited after the first episode and um, was really anxious to see, you know, where they were going to take it. So it, it, it definitely far exceeded my expectations. And I mean, it, it just bolted me into the rest of the season right? and couldn't wait to you know, to see the rest of it. So I guess what we can do is we'll just kind of give a recap for everybody. I'm sure Mm -hmm. Sure. anybody listening to this has probably already watched it, of course, but this will kind of lead into some of our discussion. But um, so, you know, kind of what we just said, I mean, the season kind of kicks off where you're introduced to Johnny. Very soon you kind of realize that uh, he's not moved on very well, you know, since his high school days and, he has a drinking yeah. problem. He's just kind of doing odd-end jobs, lives in a dumpy apartment. Um, very much stuck in the 80s. Um, I don't know about you, but it it always reminded me a little bit of uh, Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uncle, Uncle Rico. <laughs> yeah. He definitely did give off some Uncle Rico vibes, uh, <laughs> like he's going to throw the football over the mountains. Oh, yeah. Yeah uh and his um, his apartment kind of reminded me of uh of Daniel's apartment in uh, the original movie the outside of it just kind of like you know keeping with like
1: the theme of the original the original show it's kind of like how they reversed yeah i mean very much so and then cuz not only that i mean we're also introduced to miguel and his family who have mm-hmm. kind of moved in kind of across from johnny in the same complex and of course when you see him you immediately think Daniel. Right, right. Um, uh, you know, Daniel moving into the the town, new complex in the original movie. Um, only in, Miguel's not next to Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> He's next to Daniel's arch nemesis. Right. Uh,
0: and so, I mean, even the single mom parallel is is there, you know. Yeah. Uh
1: but yeah. Um, uh, and, and then kind of going along with the thing, Miguel's getting bullied. Mm-hmm. Um and it just so happens that one of the moments he gets bullied um, it's like outside of a convenience store, Johnny happens to be there, um, very much reminiscent of Mr. Miyagi
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: coming to Daniel's defense when he's right. getting bullied by multiple people. Johnny right. comes in. Of course, you know, Johnny's I do think... drunk at the time, a little bit different. but <laughs> Right, and I do think uh, Mr. Miyagi didn't wait for
0: the fight to take place on his car before he stepped in Uh, (laughs) um true
1: (laughs) but but the parallels were there nonetheless (laughs) (laughs) i mean his compassion only goes so far that's very true and then and then you kind of see the flip side all right so we, we got a quick glimpse of johnny what's daniel up to daniel's obviously moved on very well um he's doing great at life um he owns his own car dealerships you know he has the nice home the awesome wife the two kids i mean it's like Things are just moving right along for him. So Sam is his teenage daughter, and it kind of pans out to her being uh, in the car with some of her popular friends because you know she's in that phase. She's trying to fit in. She wants to be popular. All that kind of stuff. And and just so happens, oh yeah, very much so. (laughs) It just so happens they crash into Johnny's car. So, this forces Johnny to have an interaction uh, with Daniel since his car was towed to Daniel's uh, auto shop. And I don't know about you, but I I got the feeling, strangely enough, that this may have been their first interaction since the All-Valley Tournament back in 1984.
0: I think you're right. Um, Because it definitely... Seemed like they didn't have anything else to talk about, uh, at the beginning. And that was the first thing that they, you know, wanted to talk about. So I feel like
1: you're right. That's probably the last thing that the last interaction that they, they had had. Which I, I'm sure from Johnny's perspective, you know, he, he probably went to great lengths to avoid running into Johnny at all right. costs. And of course, you know, they're, they obviously don't run in the same circles, um, different size of town. Um, so, I, mean, I guess it's possible, but uh, they have this interaction um, and you can just tell Johnny's becoming more just jealous and spiteful of Daniel's success. At some point, Johnny just kind of has this epiphany that that he needs to add a purpose to his life, uh, which eventually leads him to agreeing to teach Miguel, because uh, obviously Miguel had approached Johnny very much like Daniel did Mr. Miyagi. He's like, dude, that was awesome. Show me some of this. Oh, I'm you know, I don't want to get beat up at school every day type deal. So uh, so he agrees to teach them and uh, open his own dojo. And, of course, what does he call that dojo, Parker? Cobra Kai. Exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sets us off on a great journey, man. The great journey that is Cobra Kai.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously with a show called Cobra Kai, um, you had to know that a lot of emphasis was going to be on Johnny and, and just Cobra Kai in general. So it's a good show when they can make you kind of like the bad guys in a way. Yeah. Um, and, and be excited for it. So, you know, the season continues on. Daniel, you know, finds out that Johnny's open Cobra Kai. Obviously, this doesn't sit well with him with the history and um, issues he's had with Cobra Kai. Um, right. So, uh, you know, Johnny begins to train with Miguel. Um A lot of funny stuff in that first season. One of the things about the show is you could tell they're not afraid to not take themselves seriously. Exactly. Uh, With the type. Of course it has its dramatic elements, um, but they're like, look, we're never going to take ourselves that seriously. So you kind of get that in a lot of the, the humor they kind of mix in. Yeah. And they do a really great job of walking that line of, of, both taking
0: themselves seriously when they have to um when they approach certain elements of the show and but like you said like they also realize at the same time that you know they are riffing on certain elements of you know things that have already you know previously established you know whether whether it be in the Karate Kid franchise itself or just previous you know, things in general, whether it be teen sitcoms
1: or whatever, is a great job of walking that line. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. Absolutely. Um, so we're also introduced to uh, Robbie, which is Johnny's son, and kind of what you would expect, I guess, from <laughs> uh, with, with Johnny being the dad. I mean, he's a very troubled teen. Uh, he skipped school. He's into drugs. He hangs around the wrong crowd. I mean, they're in, into a lot of, like, robbery, theft. Um, kind of to make their money. His mom is very unstable. You know, she's just with, I think she has her own addictions and demons she's dealing with, and, you know, just trying to hook up with a different guy to find a sugar daddy or something like that. Yeah, party girl that never starts partying. Exactly. Yeah. And then, uh, and then you definitely get the sense that Johnny, you know, is your typical kind of deadbeat bat. I'm sorry, deadbeat dad. Um, so from there, we're also introduced to, I guess, Miguel going into the school scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, obviously, like any new kid, he's like, all right, wh- where am I going to fit in? And we're introduced to his first two new friends at school, Dimitri and Eli. Of course, we will eventually know Eli as Hulk. Uh, Eli, you know, gets teased a lot, especially for his lip deformity. Uh, Dimitri is just, you know, your typical kind of nerdy kid. Um, you know, he, he kind of knows where his place is and he's yeah. hap, happy to stay in his lane type deal. Very real about his place. <laughs> exactly. And in a very, yeah, I mean, he's by far the best probably comedic character they have on the show. Um, I won't say by far. There, there's, there's some other ones on there, but I, me personally, he's probably one of my favorites from from a as far as the one-liners and just comedy in general. Oh, yeah. His one-liners are character. the best definitely has the best one-liners on the show. So it, it kind of shows Sam and and her typical teenage struggles. Um, we kind of mentioned to it earlier, her wanting to hang out with the popular friends. But, you know, she also has a one of her good friends that's not part of the popular crowd, Aisha. And these new popular friends that she hangs out with make fun of her a lot because of her weight. Um, so she's kind of, you know, kind of tiptoeing the line there of which side she should she should be on and then one of miguel's main bullies a gentleman named kyler um ends up becoming sam's love interest um unbeknownst to her that you know she has no idea that he's a jerk he's a bully that type of deal so you kind of got that angle going on um you know of course it kind of um it didn't one of the things that
0: uh they also kind of touch on, and they they mention is that Sam is also pretty and seems to be pretty intelligent, and that was one thing that her and Aisha had in common was like you know like their love of you know things like such as like chemistry or just science in general, um which you know like she tries to hide from her you know popular friends.
1: That happened to you at all? As far uh, as the transition in middle school, high school,
0: yeah, um, definitely, um, definitely. Was for sure something that I probably was guilty of for sure. Uh, definitely hiding intelligence on certain things. What about you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was—I uh, didn't really fit a particular mold. I was one, I took school very seriously, so I did well grade-wise. So you know, I had that part of me that could be labeled as a nerd. I was pretty shy. You know, especially when girls were involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was also very active in sports, uh, so I was pretty good at baseball. So you know, I kind of had the jock thing going, but the nerd thing going. Super shy, but you know, I definitely had friends that we just kind of drifted apart, just because you know our our interests were different, um, right. which is which isn't a, a big thing when you're younger, but once you hit, you know, like middle school and high school, I mean, it's everything uh, because it really determines which crowd you're going to be a part of. Mm -hmm. Um, So I remember, you know, having some kids that, you know, we we might have been best friends at a younger age, but then maybe they got a little bit more popular. um, And that just kind of wasn't my vibe back then, being the popular crowds kind of. So I kind of get the first or the predicament she was in. So, you know, their relationship progresses to where Kyler, you know, meets the family. And during conversation, uh, Daniel realizes that Kyler and his friends got beat up by Johnny. But, of course, Daniel doesn't know the whole story there and doesn't know, you know, that Kyler's, you know, lying about the situation. So then, you know, Daniel goes, has a tense confrontation with Johnny at his uh, Cobra Kai dojo. And I don't know if you remember exactly the way that scene unfolded, but uh, I think Miguel's clean the bathroom for johnny as part of his you know so-called training and daniel storms in to his dojo and steps onto the mat and johnny steps onto the mat and they're kind of facing each other yeah um and it's just like you immediately are taken back you know to the original Mm -hmm. karate kid and and their fight and then like miguel comes out and is just like totally confused like (laughs) <laughs> what what is happening here <laughs> yeah he's just no idea what's going on does yep. not another backstory i mean that was episode two and the way that ended mm-hmm. and like i said that was the last free episode so at that point you're like oh yeah i'm definitely signing up for this <laughs> but uh so then you know the season carries on um obviously johnny's trying to get uh more students uh for his dojo um and, it, and it, it is where a lot of the humor kicks in like we talked about Johnny is like extremely stuck in the 80s so he has no idea about internet Facebook any it's almost like he just literally stayed in the 80s so Daniel becomes more and more suspicious of Kyler um and as far as on the Johnny side you know Miguel's half in the high from his mom but he's even taking karate classes because she doesn't you know approve of violence and that kind of stuff. Um, but the training continues. You know he progresses to you know showing them kicking, and then a neat little flashback. Um, he even ties his hands and throws them in a pool. Oh yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Tells them he he knows the guy there, so they're allowed to go into school, <laughs> which was a total lie. And they get Always. chased off. <laughs> but then uh, then they have their little school Halloween dance, mm-hmm. and of course I, I don't know if it was cool to you, but. I love the fact that Miguel wore the skeleton. Yeah, I love that to, I love uh, that throwback. That 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 was pretty neat. The show does a great cool. job of Just paying like, homage to the original, mm-hmm. but also letting you know we're we're, our, we're still our own as well, and right, and uh, putting in a modern twist to it. Right, it, fantastic job of kind of combining those two elements. Um, but of course, you know with. Uh, Daniel's daughter dating Kyler. He wants to be a chaperone. So he's at the dance and barges in on Kyler and Sam, embarrasses Sam. Um, so that, that kind of strains their relationship. And then, uh, as we see oftentimes in these uh, student sensei relationships, a student, you know, gets a couple of lessons and think they can take on the world. So Miguel <laughs> confronts Kyler and his bullies and, as you can imagine. Gets his ass handed to him. <laughs> exactly. Now, it started off good. You know, he, he, he got yeah. a few blocks and kicks in, and you're like, uh-oh, and then reality hits, and uh, he's left beating up pretty bad, and, and Johnny finds him. So then, you know, Johnny has to take Miguel back to his place. Um, so now Carmen, uh, Miguel's mom, obviously knows about the karate and the whole spiel. So, you know, she goes into her cancel you know, Karani's cats <laughs> Yep. Yeah. <laughs> the jig is up. So, uh, and then throughout this, uh, Robbie finds out that uh, his dad has opened up the Cobra Kai dojo. And he's, I guess, kind of annoyed by it just because of the strained relationship he has with his dad. Um, but because of everything that went down with Miguel, um, Johnny spirals back down, which you kind of get, The idea, just from his character, that that's just been a a repetitive, I guess, issue with him since high school. Yeah. Uh, So he goes on a drunken fit and (laughs) decides to spray paint a ginormous penis on one of (laughs) Daniel's uh, big billboards in town. Yeah. Uh, And, of course, Johnny wasn't sure who did it. He he actually thought it was one of his uh, competitors. Um, Daniel. Oh, yeah, Daniel. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, and then Johnny tells Miguel he's closing the dojo. Uh, so that didn't sit well with him. And then we also, um, Sam finds out that Kyle and his friends are bullies uh, and that, she, that he was not what she was expecting or that she thought he was. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, that, that creates a breakup. Um, and then Miguel convinces his mom to let him train again. And Johnny opens up the dojo back up. Yeah, so, the uh and uh Miguel's grandmother had a little bit of had a little bit to do with that. A little bit has, of support there on the so the fighting support. Yeah, she she's awesome. I mean yeah. I, lo- I love I love is it Yaya, I think is what yeah. they call her. I think they call it yeah, Yaya. Yeah, she she's pretty cool. She she's definitely uh Kind of reminds me of Johnny in a little ways. She's, she's <laughs> yeah. not into the whole politically correct. Uh. No, she is her own person, for sure. So the story keeps on going. Um, Daniel finds out that it was Johnny that painted the big penis on his billboard. <laughs> so in return, Daniel decides to uh, kind of retaliate and manipulates Johnny's landlord into doubling the rent on his dojo. Which is crushing to Johnny, since you know obviously funds are tight. Right, but, but they do get a new student, none none other than Aisha, which is one of Sam's good friends. Yep, uh, she like many students uh, dealing with bullying, so she just decides to try Cobra Kai out. Uh, Sam's also kind of going through some issues as the whole thing with Kyler blew up, and he spread some lies about her, so she's being ignored by her popular friends. Uh, so this kind of creates a situation where um, you're seeing where she's going to start being pushed towards uh, Miguel. So you can kind of mm-hmm. see the story kind of going that direction. So she has a big blow up with Tyler in the cafeteria. So I guess now Miguel's had just enough karate lessons. <laughs> he was able to put it all together and he just kicks ass across the board Uh, he just wipes the floor with with kyler and all his friends and of course since this does take place in modern day time all the kids have cell phones so it's being videoed Yeah, it's it's put on social media um so i mean it just blows up big time the advertising that cobra kai needs i do believe exactly so uh what what did you think about the uh the whole cafeteria fight oh man the um
0: the first successful fight for Miguel was just so rewarding. Um, and plus, I mean, any lunchroom fight scene is never complete without a lunch tray to the face. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I was
1: I was satisfied for sure. It's, it's also a reminder how, I mean, because we're talking, you know, 30 plus years from this show being made, you know, since the original movies, but just how more advanced... Like fight scenes and stunts mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it kind of made me think back to uh, you know the Star Wars movies. Um, and most people will know that Episode Four was the first one that came out. So when Episode One comes out several years later, mm-hmm. and you see how advanced um, the fighting and the, the graphics and right, uh, the, just the technology in general. And then when you go back and watch episode four and you, <laughs> and you watch the fight scenes and you're like, like slow motion, what? exactly. It's like, <laughs> what is this? So yeah, it was a pretty cool fight scene there in the, the cafeteria room. So um, after that, you kind of see Robbie maybe starting to desire, you know, maybe rekindling a relationship with his dad. Um, so he actually goes to see Johnny, um, you know, thinking, well, maybe he does care about me. And, of course, he happens to walk in while Johnny and Miguel are kind of having a bonding moment. And, of course, that just angers him. So he does what any kid that age would do. He's like, I'm going to get a job working for my dad's enemy. (laughs) (laughs) Right, the rebellious (laughs) team. See, this this will really piss him off. Um, So then after this, uh, I'm really glad they did this, but they really focus in on the backstory on Johnny as a kid um, because really all you knew from the movie was that he he was in a big, rich, you know, come from a rich side of, of town. And, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, he was in Cobra Kai and he was considered kind of a bully or mean kid or whatnot. But that's pretty much all you knew. But it, so it really goes back to, you know, him as a kid. And this is when you really start to see that he's very similar to Daniel or a lot of other kids um, on the show now. Mm-hmm. But um, so even though he was in a rich home, it was his stepdad and his stepdad was just very verbally abusive towards him. Um and it was just a very unhappy home, which kind of what led him to Cobra Kai and increase. Um, just looking for something um kind of give him confidence, kind of give him get get his mind off of kind of everything he's dealing with at home,
0: right? As an outlet for everything he was going through, basically
1: Yeah, exactly. So it was pretty cool. They did a little backstory there to kind of add depth to Johnny's character. So Johnny's dojo suddenly gets a huge influx of new students thanks to Miguel's little cafeteria fight, and the, it was posted on social media. And two of the new students include Miguel's friends Dimitri and Eli. Uh, obviously, we know Johnny's character by now. He's super hard on these students. Uh, you know, you know, he doesn't believe in asthma. He doesn't believe in peanut allergies. <laughs> 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 The whole like gender identity, no, none of that stuff exists in his dojo. None of it. No, it's black and white. It's all black and white. Exactly. So he's very hard on new students. Several of them leave, including Dimitri, because, you know, something silly like Johnny punched him in the face. Yeah. Uh, uh, Eli leaves because Johnny just, I mean, hammers in on his lip, just makes fun of him. Probably just as worse, if not worse, than the kids at school. But I mean, in all, I mean, that's, he gives them some legitimate good advice i
0: feel like you know he he tells them that you know the lip is going to be the first thing that people notice
1: you got to flip the script and he yeah. and, and he does exactly and it worked for him yeah and of course we see that later on exactly you know the impact that did have on them So then we see Robbie's doing really well actually at LaRusso Auto. I mean, he's, he's just kicking butt. He's, he's working hard Mm -hmm. and you act, you see his character change. It's like, he's, he's really buying into this whole, you know, working hard and he's seeing the success of Daniel. And he's, I think for the first time he's seeing something that he feel like he can go after or that would be a good influence um, or even a good role model. Obviously, didn't have that with um, Johnny not being in the picture and his, obviously his mom's not a good role model. So you, you kind of see that kind of flip inside of him and him and Daniel start to build a pretty good friendship there. And then as you alluded to, the uh, Eli returns to the dojo the next day and Hawk is born. Yes, um, he comes back with a mohawk. Comes back with a mohawk. Uh, <laughs> did he have his tattoo already then as well? I don't. I can't remember if he has a tattoo yet or not,
0: or if he gets that okay. in a later episode, but he um. definitely goes... He That's definitely when he gets the nickname Hawk from, from Johnny. So I don't know if he... I don't think he had the Hawk yet, because I think that was when... He gets the hawk tattoo after Johnny gives him the nickname Hawk, so okay, definitely that, didn't have it at that part. I don't think that would make sense. What I want to know is how he got all the hair to make that long ass okay, <laughs> exactly <laughs> where did that come from?
1: <laughs> he got he got it, didn't show the extensions that he got. Probably one of the more gratifying moments of season one was watching yes. him walk back in like that it with was, the uh, confidence and everything that he'd never had. Oh, yeah, it's great. I mean every show or movie you, you got to have that one just extreme underdog mm-hmm. and and eli definitely fit that mold just the quiet kid just he's miserable um yeah because before this he probably had what maybe five lines total the whole show oh yeah super quiet <laughs> dimitri did more than enough talking for the both actually <laughs> dimitri was the mouth of the, of the two <laughs> Uh, so from here, we kind of see uh, Daniel and Robbie's relationship continues to to build and bond, and you start to see Daniel, uh, and with being more intentional with the way he mentors Robbie, and uh, you, you kind of see an, a new up to date version of Miyagi training and techniques. He's he's showing them things at the body shop or the dealership. But it's incorporating different like karate techniques and, mm-hmm. and habits and stuff. Wax on, wax off. The very yeah. familiar. <laughs> the very famous. Yeah, just just another area they do a good job of kind of you know throwing back and bringing some of the nostalgia, but mm-hmm. you know keeping it up to date. Um. So again, but Robbie still hasn't been able to you know let go of his the other side of his life, which is you know the friends he hangs out with and, and the crime and. So you know, his he's getting pressure from his friends, say, hey, now that you you're at LaRusso, you know, help us, you know, pull off something. And he initially agrees, but then has a change of heart. And much like Miguel earlier in the season, Robbie's had a couple of lessons. So now he thinks he can take on the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looks good the first few seconds and, you know, then just gets whooped up on. Uh, he's saved by the fact that there's a security camera that they realize is, you know, pointed right at him. So um, they kind of run run off and, you know, he's kind of left there. We see Sam, you know, I mentioned earlier that you're, you're kind of seeing how Sam and Miguel's character is going to kind of come together. Um, so she actually agrees to go on a date with Miguel and they go to none other than the golf and stuff. Yeah, familiar territory, which, you know, has to be made up. I don't know if there's any putt-putt course that's been in business for that that many years in <laughs> the same town, unless it's like Myrtle Beach or something. <laughs> and it looks exactly the same as it did right. in the, the 84 movie, which was kind of funny. <laughs> One of the things I, I found very interesting is, and we kind of alluded to it earlier, how with Miguel, you're kind of seeing a lot of Daniel's character, even though he's connected with, with Johnny. Um and then now you got Sam's uh, Daniel's daughter and but that whole situation just screams Daniel and Allie. Oh, absolutely! You know, from the first movie, with just the way they interact, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and even the uh, eco-social difference there. Yeah, uh, Sam like Allie kind of came from a nicer side of town, you know, from wealth. Miguel just like Johnny. Uh, You know, comes from a single mom with uh, kind of the poor side of town, and and just and and even that's presented as a. I mean, they they kind of laugh it off. They kind of make a joke as far as the Lakers game, but you can tell that tension is there, just like it was between Daniel and Allie. Uh, Just another example how they do a really good job of kind of taking you back to the original, but bringing it, uh, you know, to a I guess a new generation of characters. Right.
0: They did a really great job of. Of, yeah, like you said, in, incorporating some of the, even the scenes from the original, um, from the original date that that Daniel and Allison had.
1: So their date goes really well and they become an idol. Um, then it kind of pans over to Johnny who wants to enter his Cobra Kai dojo into the All Valley Tournament. But then he finds out there is a lifetime ban on Cobra Kai, mainly uh. due to who else? But, but Daniel, yeah, <laughs> who is yeah. on the All Valley Board, yep.
0: And uh, Daniel's not having it. Da- uh, Johnny pleads his case, and you know, but Daniel's just—he's the only one on the board not having it.
1: All right. So after this, uh, Miguel actually decides to become the teacher and influences Johnny to take a more civil. Uh, professional approach to to the ban that Cobra Kai had from the Mm All-Valley. So he goes to the board meeting with briefcase in tow, Uh, (laughs) even though he just wanted to punch everybody. uh, He he makes a very uh, compassionate appeal to the board, how this is not the same Cobra Kai. He's changing lives. These kids have been bullied. They're now full of confidence. Uh, and just goes through the whole spiel. Of course, mm-hmm. Johnny's not buying, I'm sorry, uh, Daniel's not buying it at all. Uh, but he gets enough votes on the board and uh, Cobra Kai is allowed in the tournament. And you kind of see this cool moment between Miguel and Johnny. Uh, Miguel just had a huge successful date with Sam and, um, Johnny probably for the first time in his life. had <laughs> yeah. A victory that didn't involve his fist <laughs> or his kicks. <laughs> uh he actually took Miguel's advice and it paid off. So they had a nice little cool moment there where they were able to both uh if I'm not yeah. mistaken, didn't uh Johnny even crack out a beer or something for Miguel. I like think that? so, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it was it was also uh you, you were you said that you know, like Johnny had taken Miguel's advice, but Miguel also had taken johnny's advice so they had nice little bonding moment for that like that added a little nice little layer of the bonding element as well
1: oh yeah that's right because johnny instructed him that dude you got to go for it you know Mm -hmm. don't don't take no for an answer and of course he clarified later that
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah sometimes no does mean no
1: exactly Uh, (laughs) and you actually see that when uh i think sam initially told miguel no on the date, but just because of the way things played out with Kyler and she wasn't ready to, you know, to, to be in a relationship. And, you know, he kind of walked off and then that advice kind of replayed in his head and he, he kind of walked back and kind of played it pretty cool and, you know, convinced her to go on a non-date. Yep. So yeah. yeah, they, they played off each other's advice pretty well. So now that Cobra guys allowed into the all Valley tournament, Johnny steps up the training for his students to help prepare them and he's see a funny little scene where they're in the junkyard, and he unleashes the dogs on them. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Daniel's mistrust with Johnny and Cobra Kai builds. He instructs Sam to stay away from Cobra Kai students at all costs, uh, which is obviously problematic to Sam since she's dating Miguel and her best friend Aisha is also in Cobra Kai. At this point, Johnny finds out that Miguel's girlfriend is Sam, which he now knows is Daniel's daughter. So at this point, we hear Johnny's version of the original karate kid movie. Yeah. <laughs> Slightly different from uh, it's funny because you know, his him and Daniel's versions are different than what actually transpired. Uh, <laughs> Miguel only hears his story. Uh, so as far as he's concerned, he's like Johnny and Daniel's the, the evil guy here. Um <laughs> and there is a brief mention of uh Miguel's like dad situation how he's not in the picture. They don't go to a lot of detail, but just kind of enough to let you know kind of where that stands, which becomes more important later on in the show. So Daniel continues to train Robbie. Uh, and there's kind of that funny part where uh, Daniel, you know, just recently reconnected to his, you know, karate roots and he's desperately wanting to find somebody that will actually do it with him. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's asking Sam. He's asking his co-workers. So, you know, Robbie just happened to be the one that was there. So that kind of works out good for both of them.
0: Yeah. Especially and, since Robbie's kind of looking for that that mentor figure in his life anyways.
1: And then Daniel's good old cousin, Louie. I don't know about you. I don't like him at all. Yeah, I, I never, even from the...
0: From the beginning, his vibes were pretty annoying. And then you find out later that you know he's more than just annoying, he's also a menace.
1: Yeah, I mean he's definitely uh mentally unstable as well. But I don't know, I just I've never cared much for his character. Luckily, he has a fairly minor role, mm-hmm. but anyway. So anyway. He decides he wants to help out with the whole Johnny situation. So him and a couple of his goons go get a little out of hand. They sabotage Johnny's car. They set it on fire. Uh, of course, Johnny was didn't take too kindly to that. So you know he beats them all up and jumps on one of their motorcycles. And he's heading towards Daniel's house. So yeah. we're setting up for another tense confrontation. So it pans to the next episode. Johnny shows up at Daniel's house. And it's about to go down. Oh, man.
0: Uh, the tension was high in this scene right here. You could just, you just you just feel a punch about to happen.
1: And, and that's where we go back to where, where it's so good that the show doesn't take itself seriously. Mm-hmm. Because that opens up the door when these kind of situations and scenes unfold. You literally have no idea what's going to happen. Right. Uh, you know, at this point, you're thinking, okay, they're, they're just going to fight but no Amanda Daniels' wife intervenes and convinces them <laughs> to sit down over breakfast and discuss it like two grown men
0: and can we just talk about for a second how great Amanda's character is she's probably she might she might be my favorite character on the whole entire show um i love her she's a she's a queen she's probably the only person that i agree with 100% of the time in every in every scenario and she's always funny She's always funny. She's always
1: cracking me up. Dude, I love she's, Amanda. She's definitely the complete package. <laughs> I mean, like you. I mean, she's she's. I mean, just she's she's sweet. She she kicks butt in business. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you see her later on in the season, like sticking up for her family. Mm-hmm. So I mean, she is bold. She is sassy. I mean, like you said. I mean, just ultimate queen status for sure. I yeah, mean, yeah, she's great. She's awesome. And, and she's one of the few level headed. <laughs> <And, laughs> right. And I think it's so funny because obviously she didn't meet Daniel until like long after the karate wars. And it, it's funny how you get to see her perspective. Right. And, like it's and, just such a childish thing to her. Like exactly. And <laughs> even as fans watching the show, it makes perfect sense to us. But mm-hmm. from her, like from a, a real life angle, she's like, really we're, we're really having karate wars right? <laughs> in our backyard she's like i don't want blood on my patio <laughs> so anyway so the, they had this nice little breakfast um and of course you know daniel stating you know hey i had nothing to do with what louis did um i'll deal with him and uh, basically amanda tells daniel it's like look you you, you got to get him a car and, of course, John or Daniel didn't like the idea, but he concedes because, as we said, Amanda's the queen and she right. rules. <laughs> uh, so also during this time is when uh, Johnny kind of makes a comment about Sam being in the car that crashed into his. Right. So this called Amanda's attention. And so she uh, approaches him about it. Sam confesses. She gets grounded. She can't leave the house. No phones, no iPads, Nothing. Um, so like the ultimate 2020 kid grounding yeah, don't forget, effect. don't forget to watch. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Good old Anthony comes uh. to the rescue. <laughs> so at this time we start to see Cobra Kai kind of step into some of their tactics that we were used to seeing from you know the original movie. So Aisha gets furious over some more, I guess, online bullying. And so she decides to to get revenge by crashing Yasmin's Beach Party. Now, Yasmin is one of Sam's popular friends. Probably not a friend at this time, but, you know, she's the ultimate rich girl, mean girl, um, better than everybody else. Right. So, Cobra Kai decides they're going to crash this beach party.
0: Now, technically, technically they did not crash it. They just showed up before.
1: They just Very took true. the spot. Exactly. <laughs> And it is a public beach. So, yep, yep. <laughs> so of course, with uh, Sam being grounded, Miguel's getting a little upset. He's not getting any kind of response from Sam. Of course, he has no idea that she's grounded. So he thinks he's just being ignored. So, of course, how do most kids handle emotions like that at that age? He starts drinking. He gets drunk. So he's, he's not in a good frame of mind. Robbie's over at the LaRusso house. He decides to intervene and help Sam out because, you know, he sees that she's miserable and grounded. So he comes up with this scheme to get her out of the house. So they end up driving down to the party. So as you can imagine, Miguel's very annoyed, you know, obviously being drunk didn't help. But he sees Sam showing up with Robbie and picks a fight and ends up inadvertently hitting sam i think you alluded to this yeah. in, in one of our conversations how it was cool seeing the beach scene play out much like it did in the uh original movie yeah and we were talking Very about awesome. how that's kind of what created the love triangle in the original movie mm-hmm. um and it kind of played the same role in, in cobra kai as far as you know robbie miguel and and sam yeah and i don't think we mentioned it but um Earlier in the
0: season, we had seen uh, Miguel had went over because, well, Sam has, has, has had, you know, didn't want to introduce Miguel to Daniel because he knew, she knew that the tensions between Cobra Kai and Daniel and her dad would be, you know, were really high, so she didn't want to introduce Miguel and Miguel had seen Robbie eating dinner with the LaRussos one night. And so he had already kind of had some pretty high tension unbeknownst to Robbie and Sam built up towards Robbie. Um that definitely got lashed out in that drunken moment.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. So Aisha does get her revenge on Yasmin and gives her the ultimate front wedgie. <laughs> the Fredgie. <laughs> and, uh, exactly. And then the episode ends in a very tense scene where Johnny finds out that Daniel is training his son, Robbie. And then obviously in the same moment, Daniel finds out that Robbie is Johnny's son. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, so now Johnny's pissed at Daniel. Daniel's pissed at Robbie. Everybody's just, I mean, episode nine ends with just everybody being pissed at everybody.
0: Yeah. it's just nothing but tension.
1: Pretty much the whole,
0: the end of the episode is just pure tension. Uh, very dramatic how it just played out because Robbie's just waiting in the dojo. Daniel and and uh, Johnny finally seem like they're about to start mending, you know, their relationship and actually becoming friends, not just enemies. And it's all brought down because nobody knew that Robbie was involved in this situation except for Robbie.
1: So with all this tension, Parker, what is the best way to deal with all this built-up tension. Uh I think a fighting tournament would probably would probably be the best <laughs> exactly the best uh solution. <laughs> Winner takes all. So but the season ends with uh you know it's tournament time. I mean you, you gotta figure a Cobra Kai show, you know, based on the original movie. Obviously an all-valley tournament is going to be the the emphasis here. So that's that's how the season ends. Um we're going into tournament time. Uh, you got Miguel, who's still pissed from the breakup. Um, but you, you kind of tell he still he wants to apologize to Sam, but she's not having it. She's mm-hmm. still pissed at him, so that makes him even more angry. And Miguel's the perfect case study as far as just a legitimately great, great kid. And it just a few things just don't go his way, and some of that Cobra Kai teaching brings out the worst in him. Right. And, and that's what concerns Sam more than anything, was just seeing that side of them. And because and, you know, Cobra Kai tells you to, to fester up that anger and use it to your advantage. And that really brings out the worst in people. So it's kind of what you're seeing mm-hmm. Miguel go through. Um, of course, going into the tournament, you're like, we're not sure what to expect. And then we get a surprise entry. Uh, fighting on his own, no dojo affiliation by the name of Robbie, which, of course, is Johnny's son and the one that Daniel was training. Uh, yeah. Very similar to Daniel in the original movie. Um, although he went into it having, you know, Mr. Miyagi, he was still, you know, it was a one-man dojo, which is, you know, very unusual for that tournament. So after a, a few fights, uh, Daniel uh, realizes that uh, he, he he wants to be in Robbie's corner. Uh, obviously, just. Uh, I think there's some selfish reasons there, too, because uh, he knows this would be the best way to to prevent uh, Cobra Kai from winning the tournament and getting more notoriety. How do you say that word, Parker? Notoriety. <laughs> there you go. So he decides uh, to corner Robbie. Uh, so we get to the semifinals. Got some really good matchups. You got Hulk versus Robbie. And then you've got Miguel versus – I don't remember the kid's name – uh just remember he was the previous year's champion, so he was he was a pretty good fighter. Mm-hmm. So in the Hulk versus Robbie matchup, uh, I think Robbie's pretty much getting the best of Hulk. Um, they go back and forth a little bit, and then Robbie turns his back. Uh, Hulk is, is annoyed. He, in true Cobra Kai fashion, he kicks Robbie in I think the back or the shoulder with his yeah, right on his shoulder. Yeah and um, injures him Hawk is disqualified as a result. Uh, Miguel wins his fight um, you can really see his, his his anger and like some of the dirty tactics coming out Miguel and in a lot of his fights so now yeah, it he gets pretty, pretty brutal
0: there for a while
1: yeah and you, you can even see when it pans to his mom in the stands that she's she's not liking what she's seeing yeah um so there's, there's definitely some concern there. So you kind of have a funny moment here. I don't know about you, uh, you know, but when Dan Daniel's in the locker room with Robbie, Robbie's injured, so you're thinking, okay, we know what's going to happen here. Um, mm-hmm. He's going to do the Miyagi hands, and you know, he'll <laughs> his his shoulder and that kind of stuff. And I'm actually glad they didn't go through with that. Yeah, I, I really thought that was going to be a little little much. Um, uh, I think he still does the hands thing, but then when he's done, he just calls for the medic. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, and that's one of the times where they use the humor and not take it yeah.
0: seriously. Love it.
1: And like you said, they, they do a good job because you're thinking, and, and a, lot, a lot of times you would think, all right, this is right, we're about to go into the final match. This isn't the time for it, but they, they pull it off really well. So I had a little yeah. funny moment. Miguel's cleared to, I'm sorry, uh, Robbie's still, he's cleared to fight. Obviously, he's at a disadvantage. And uh, much like the fight between Daniel and Johnny, um, and then their last match, Daniel goes into it injured, and Johnny gets instructions from Crease to basically do whatever you got to do to capitalize on his injury. And pretty much what's interesting here is obviously. Johnny doesn't give those instructions to Miguel. It's just been taught, you know, pretty much during the whole training. Yeah. Um, but obviously Johnny's now in a struggle to where that's still his son out there. And you start to see in this moment where Johnny's questioning the way he's taught these kids. Yeah. Because, um, you know, he's had a front row seat to this entire tournament. And he's he's starting, he's now noticing the the evil that he's, he's bringing out in some of these kids. And his own son is being the recipient of it. Um mm-hmm. so through those tactics, Miguel's able to defeat Robbie. And what's interesting is described a celebration to me.
0: Uh I I mean he he definitely went primal, I feel. <laughs> I guess would yeah. be the like he was
1: very primal and Johnny was not thrilled. Exactly. That's what I found, I guess, ironic is you would have thought that Johnny would have had the most to celebrate in that moment. But just because of everything going, his inner struggle there with, with Robbie, his son, and then him just kind of maybe kind to terms to himself that, hey, maybe I've been going about this all wrong. And I, and I think in that moment, he realized I've simply duplicated Crease's Cobra Kai. Exactly. And I told myself, that's not what I was set out to do.
0: Yeah. he he, Everything that he hated about Cobra Kai in that moment, he realized that he had been embodying it the whole time. And it was, I think it was a real crushing moment for him in that moment.
1: So Robbie and Johnny kind of have a a brief moment there after that last match. And it kind of opens the door that, you know, hey, maybe maybe there's a chance uh, that they can smooth things over. And and then the season basically ends with Johnny back at his dojo. And then some old man enters in. And uh, you kind of only see the silhouette at first. And then as soon as he speaks, you know exactly who it is. Mm-hmm. Old oh, Crease. It's, it's Mr. John Crease. <laughs> and uh you could tell Johnny's not necessarily happy to see him. And I think his fans were ecstatic to see him. Yeah, because you know something's about to go down. Uh, you know that the second season's about to get juicy. And then, honestly, you have to tell yourself, can you do a Cobra Kai show without John Kreese? Right. I mean, I, mean, I, I don't know if they could have.
0: I, I think you're right. I think they they had to bring him in to... We'll get into it for sure, but with the level... They had to bring him into some level to make it a Cobra Kai show, I feel like. Uh, I don't think... I don't think it would have. I think the fans would have been let down but I mean as we'll go on to talk about later on this is the first of many you know introductions of characters from previous movies in, fr- in the franchise I love it <laughs> I love it uh don't I, I can't get enough of that's one of the my favorite things about the show is how they incorporate previous characters and uh Crease is the first one so
1: Love it. Yeah. And it, and it, I kind of now want to look up maybe interviews with the creators. And I'm not sure if they've ever commented on this, but uh, Martin Cove is the one that, that plays John Creese. If he doesn't agree to do the show, do they even attempt to do it without him? You mean do they replace the character or do they replace um do they, do they even just do the show at all? Exactly. Is it a deal breaker? If if they can't bring in Martin Cove, you know what would I would say they probably, I think
0: they could still get away with the show, just based on what we've seen up until this point. I think there would still still be enough to work with. I think it's great that they bring in new characters. You know, as we'll talk about, we'll talk about later on. You know, like them bringing in Allison and um, and others. Like I think the show could still function without it. I think it just adds a new element. Because I think there would still be enough there to chew on. Uh, I just think it definitely adds a more uh, deeper element to the show having the characters come in from previous uh, previous yeah. installments. I think that's one of the things that that makes it different from other shows that have tried to do this For me personally, like that's one of the things that they do really well is how they incorporate previous characters and they don't bring them in for too long. They bring them in for like just the right amount of time and just the right amount of story. If they're important to it, they keep them around. If not, they don't, no matter how important they were originally. Uh, so I really like that.
1: Yeah. And and I would have to think that Martin Co was probably the third person they approached. Obviously Ralph Macchio, William mm-hmm. Zopka, however you say his name. Yeah. Uh, obviously we're probably the first two they approached. I imagine Martin Cove was the third one. I, I feel like he was that important to the show that so I feel like that they, they knew early on in the planning stages um that they had him. But yeah, I, I would be interested to know if had he had said no, do you just continue on with the story and just do it without him? Right. Um about like you I I, I don't think you can keep his character and just do a new actor. That usually oh, does sure. That doesn't usually bode well with fans, especially so in this kind of a show where they have so many original
0: actors. One like that would just definitely stand out.
1: I guess technically you could have uh, you could have brought in a guy that was Martin, or I guess I don't want to call him Martin. <laughs> as far as the show uh, yeah. was John Crease's son. Yeah, you could go that angle and like play it off as like. But him taught be, me. Yeah, but him being there obviously just makes it um, just takes it to the next level. Yeah. All right, so season 1. All right, so season 1 concludes. So looking back, what are your feelings towards the characters of Johnny and Daniel in the Cobra Kai show versus the original movie? After I
0: watched the first season, I was probably more invested in Cobra Kai as a TV show than I was the Karate Kid as a is a is a film franchise. Um, which I know, you know, I didn't have the same history you did. Uh, with it, which, you know, I didn't grow up with it. But for me, like, I was like, yep, this is, this is going to be what I identify these characters with now instead of Karate Kid. Uh, I knew I was pretty invested at that point. What
1: about you? So I know for me, like, even long before Cobra Kai, the show, you always had people that, you know, had their theories or their ideas of Johnny and Daniel in the original movie. How they thought Daniel was even more so the bully and the bad guy, that kind of stuff. I I never bought into that. To me, the original movie Johnny was very much the typical bad guy. Daniel was the to me the typical good guy. Um, and and to me when when Daniel acted back, to me I I just I just justified that as just him responding to some of the bullying he was getting and it was just his way of standing up for himself yeah now of course a lot of people interpreted that as him just being a a bratty kid that deserved to be bullied and beat up but uh, i still held his character in high esteem but when you watch the show and you you see the backstory of johnny and your feelings definitely change there um you you do kind of become more on team johnny You, you you see a little bit of the the cockiness on Daniel's side, um, almost like, you know, I'm, I'm better than you type deal. So it definitely changes. Um, and I know I saw an interview with Ralph Macchio said, you know, he, he's been pitched numerous ideas over the years involving Karate Kid. And, you know, he's he said no to to a lot of things. And when he was pitched this idea, he said what he liked so much was, where the original movie followed the typical formula of black and white, you know, bad guy, good guy. Yeah. He said, Cobra Kai just blurs all the lines. And I mean, me mean, you've talked about this before. It's like your idea of who the good guy and the bad guy is, or the person you're rooting for can literally change by the episode. Mm. -hmm. And the show does a great job of that. Um, So yeah, sometimes sometimes even the same episode. Oh yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, so yeah, I mean, I can't imagine anybody whose feelings about the characters from the movie aren't changed at all watching the show since the show just kind of takes a completely different perspective and and angle Mm -hmm. on on the characters and stuff. So this this show might be the first time
0: that I can think of where I'm actually like against Daniel for you know a good chunk of the
1: time. Oh yeah, for sure. Um you definitely find yourself rooting for for Johnny. Uh, <laughs> especially a good bit of that season 1. Yeah. Um so some of the other characters, we have talked about Miguel, Sam and Hawk a good bit and Dimitri. Um what are your feelings about Robbie? I didn't think I was gonna like him very much at first.
0: Uh honestly. I thought he was gonna be I didn't expect I didn't expect him to have as much character. Like I didn't I, I well I get don't want to say character. I didn't expect to get involved with him so much. Uh, because I expected, you know, I was like, oh, he's gonna be, you know, here's the quote unquote opposite of Miguel, and you know, he's gonna be like this the bad boy, the one that, and then that Daniel turns around and I wound up caring for him a lot more than I thought I would. Uh, and I think seeing him with his mom and how that relationship was definitely gave me a lot more empathy for the character. Uh, just knowing that, you know, he didn't have anybody basically, uh, at all. So it's not like he even had, he didn't have what Johnny had you know, growing up, so.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I definitely like his character. Uh, you know, it gives you a different, um, I think everybody brings something a little different to the table with Miguel. I mean, you see the goodness in him right away. You just, it's just an easy kid to root for, but then you see him struggle with, you know, some of the things that's been, you know, taught by Johnny, even if it was unintentional and how I'm kind of giving into anger and almost in a way starting to become the bully. Uh, But then when Robbie, like sets the flip side, you know, you, you, you see the bad character right off the bat, but then you kind of see his backstory a little bit. And I know we talked about this some too before, but it's almost like with characters like Miguel and, and Robbie, I think you're a little bit more forgiving because of what they've come from. Yeah. But then when you got someone, whether it's like Sam, um, which we don't see Anthony a whole lot in season one, but um, kids that you think have have come from a a good, steady environment, it's like you tend not to cut on much slack. (laughs) Yeah. Even though they got their own struggles. But um, I I guess with Robbie, it's not so much the character. As far as all the young actors, uh, there's something about his acting that just I'm not a huge fan of. Yeah, it seems um, like he probably, I I have no, I didn't look into
0: the actors at all, but it seems like he definitely has the least amount of experience. Um, And it feels like his dramatic roles, he doesn't have a lot going on there. Uh, He kind of has this look on his face that's like, a confused yeah. <laughs> a confusion worried look for yeah. any, anytime anything gets dramatic uh and it's just kind of like this the same face he puts on when he's concerned when he's confused when he's worried um but yeah i think he definitely gets better as he goes on but during the first season it was definitely rough um maybe a little bit
1: overacting in some parts and underacting in others yeah and I watched a movie of him. I think it was like another Netflix original. I want to say it's called He's All That, uh-huh. which was basically just a take on. Did you ever see the She's All That movie? Which yeah, I did. see that one, from but the I nine. I didn't watch the remake. It was based. It was just a retake on that, and he was the main male character, and the, and the roles were just, you know, so he
0: was like. The- so they took glasses, They take, he had glasses on at the beginning and they took glasses off of him and he became
1: hot? <laughs> pretty much. Okay. <laughs> okay. Not exactly, but, but similar. But it's, it's like his acting is the exact same way in that movie as it mm. was. Because that's kind of why I wanted to see it, just to see what he was like. And it was yeah. pretty much the same. So, um, but yeah, like you said, he, he does get better as, this, as the series continues on. Yeah, I think he was
0: just a... Jonathan Taylor Thomas look alike they, they kind of throw threw him in for that you know they wanted that look more than they wanted the acting i think uh but luckily i think he kind of fit into the character
1: as time went on season 1 what are your final thoughts on season 1 as a whole uh man i loved it uh it definitely got
0: me hooked i mean for, from my viewing experience it's hard for me to separate them uh but because i watched you know them all as one in one fever dream but it was a it was great um I, I loved it i was hooked um i mean we didn't even t- talk about how great the music is in the show um all of it all of it's so great. Um, because you know, even though I didn't live through the eighties, I uh definitely love a lot of the stuff that comes from the eighties. So just hearing like the music and singing, just like a lot of the vibes, it was definitely like the perfect hit of like nostalgia and something new all rolled into one for me. What about you?
1: Yeah, I mean, to me it was just the perfect introduction um to to the show um i think it's one of the few that probably captured so much from like people my age or even older mm-hmm. but then also the the younger generation too and i think it's, they did such a good job of you know like i mentioned before paying homage to to the original characters in the original movie but bringing it up to date not only with uh Kind of the current times but with new characters and and i mean it, it to me it just had everything just the humor uh the the updated rivalry with johnny and, and daniel and then of course crease at the end was just basically like the cherry on the top to where you're like holy crap yeah. you know just uh, i guess my only complaint when i first watched it was like, really, all you could do was 10 episodes in about 20, 30 minutes <laughs> per episode. Yeah. Um, but you feel like you still got a lot of story and content, um, and e- even in just those 10 episodes, even though they were pretty short. Yeah, the pacing is great in the show. Uh, it doesn't really feel like
0: they waste too much ever, really. Like, uh, it feels like they have a really concise plan of, like, what they're wanting, what they want to do, and... I can really appreciate shows that do that.
1: I really like the fact that they that they kind of tackle you know some deeper stuff so yeah all all the all the they got so many different characters and their own they're all unique in their own way, but they all present different struggles and challenges that I mean not only kids but but adults face um, yeah. th- there's no two the same. I mean you look at Sam's character and you know, she's the has-it-all rich kid, um, struggling to find you know her place and and where she fits in. Um, you know, whether to be part of the cool popular crowd versus kind of being true to herself and what it means to be kind to others. Um, there's a lot of people that can relate to that. Um, you got Miguel coming from, you know, just some challenges. Just you know, single mom. Uh, you know, money's tight. Uh, Of course, he instantly encounters some bullying issues. um, And then you kind of see his transformation of becoming stronger, confident, and then how he wrestles with that. Because, you know, everybody desires to go through that process where you become stronger and more confident. But sometimes what's even more important is how you handle it when you get there. Right. Um, So you see a lot of that with Miguel. Of course, we talked about Hulk earlier. You see his just the more the the bullying from a you know a physical factor and just being really withdrawn, um, depression, um, and just seeing his transformation. Um, a little bit different from Miguel's. Um Miguel, you kind of always see a little bit of good in the struggle kind of going back and forth. (laughs) Whereas with Hulk, once he transforms, it's Mm. like he embraces. (laughs) Yeah. He embraces Uh, the
0: bad part of Cobra Kai 100%. Yeah.
1: It's almost like, you know what? It's payback time. Yeah. Um, It's a little bit different than Miguel, but you, you still see that. But just seeing that inner struggle and, like, inner war, with each character because I mean you see it with Johnny and Daniel as well just the, the back and forth of uh, hey just because we're adults don't mean we're doing everything right or we know what we're doing um, yeah. and knowing that their actions and choices are directly impacting all these kids um, there's just there's so much to unpack there but they just did an awesome job of introducing the show to to old fans and current fans um, I don't think they could have done any better personally yeah um i mean they had i would say they
0: probably brought even brought in new fans you know with the show um people that probably never even watched that had no background uh especially once they brought to netflix
1: yeah i mean i you'd have to think especially like i said once the they moved to netflix after season two that 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 should have took it to the masses in a lot of ways um I don't talk to a lot of young people, so I don't know like how popular it was amongst high school kids, um, <laughs> or if they just looked at it as, oh, that's just an old person show from an '80s movies type deal. Yeah. But I mean, I, I feel like today's kids would have would you know really enjoy the show. Maybe we'll get some younger listeners, and they can kind of let us know what they thought.
0: Yeah, if you're younger than the age of thirty, chime in. Let yes. us know. <laughs> So starting at season 2, we're picking up where season 1 left off with Kreese at Johnny's dojo. Obviously, there was still some bad blood there, uh, and a fight breaks out. Kreese wants to help Johnny with uh with Cobra Kai, but Johnny refuses. Uh we continue to see a softer side of Johnny as he tries to teach Miguel and Hawk a lesson for fighting dirty in the All Valley. Uh which I thought was a you know, a really great learning point uh, shown like his his increase in maturity uh, right there at that point. I know he let down Miguel and Hawk in that moment because they were super confused. But um, how, how did you feel about about Johnny's reaction to, to the way that they handled themselves in the All Valley?
1: I mean, I definitely like the, I guess the progression of his character there. I I'm sitting here thinking just now, how much of that do you think came from because the opponent was his son and how much of it was just him simply maturing and and realizing that hey this isn't the direction i want my cobra kai to get you know to go this is crease's cobra kai um and and maybe he would have reacted the same even had had it not been robbie or was just robbie just a piece that was used to kind of advance that story.
0: I think it definitely impacted him more being Robbie, but I feel like he probably would have still had his conscience at play because of Creese and because of, you know, him, especially with Creese being back in the situation. I think that it, that definitely would have, you know, he would have had the same Maybe not the same level of impact, but I definitely think it would have still had the same turnaround. I don't think he would have been happy with the way that Miguel and Hawk reacted in in, in the way that they won their fights. I don't think he would have seen honor in that. I think he was still on a moral path, even without it being Robbie. I think it was just more impactful for him in that situation. So after that, they changed from No Mercy to Fight With Honor. Johnny is more intentional in trying to ensure that Miguel does not take the same path as him. Kreese offers to make amends with Johnny and and even gives him the repaired second place trophy that he destroyed back in 1984. Johnny also finds out that Kreese has had a tough road since the last days he knew him, and he currently lives in a homeless shelter. Johnny decides to give him a second chance and allows him to help with Cobra Kai. Training ramps up with Cobra Kai while Daniel opens up Miyagi Do and is training Robbie. Sam decides to join Robbie and Miyagi Do and they begin to train together extensively. Daniel and Sam learn of Robbie's very unstable home life and Daniel has Robbie come and stay with them. Johnny is attempting to reach out to Robbie and apologize and make amends, but Robbie isn't ready and the beef between Daniel and Johnny is still creating a rift with Robbie miguel discovers that robbie is johnny's son and soon afterwards johnny and miguel have a nice heart-to-heart where johnny opens up and reveals a lot of his struggles in adulthood and failure as a parent then daniel and johnny get in an advertising war trying to grow their dojos rivalry intensifies even further when miyagi-do when miyagi-do does a demonstration during the festival only to get upstaged by a surprise demonstration by cobra kai this brings more students to cobra kai and we are introduced to two new characters tori and future stingray the only adult karate student in the valley how do you how do you how do you like stingray and uh tori like how do you like their introductions jesse we can get into the characters a little bit more later but how do you like their introductions
1: stingray is just the continued evidence that the show isn't afraid to not take itself too seriously uh, he's obviously in there for comedic value. I love him. I, I, I like what he brings to it. it kind of lightens the mood in a lot of situations, you know, because, you know, crease is so intense. Johnny can be so intense. So of course yeah. they run their, they run their dojos with all this intensity. And then here comes stingray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yep. And, uh, and, oh man, Tori, uh, she's just become such a great character. Uh, but, oh, man, love love both of them. Uh, you know, she, she actually comes to Cobra Kai already, you know, super skilled. She already makes just an impact on, you know, Johnny and Kreese uh, just immediately. Although Miguel is, you know, trying to find ways to get back with Sam, eventually, you know, her joining the dojo leads to them, you know, slowly begin to date. And which on the flip
1: side of that, Sam and Robbie, they start dating. Uh, we can right. see, I oh. got to tell, tell myself a little bit here and I don't know if this happened with you. Mm-hmm. So when, when Tori makes her entrance into the show, did you sit there and were you like, all right, why does she look familiar? Who, who is this girl? Where, where do I know her from?
0: I, I, she looked familiar, but I didn't think I knew her from somewhere. It, it, I mean, it seemed like she was somebody more like I knew, but I didn't. I knew I didn't know her, but I'm I'm getting the feeling that you knew her from somewhere.
1: You know, I've had to watch a lot of kid shows over the years. Um, you know, mm-hmm. even when my kid was no longer a kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but we we had other kids, nieces, nephews, and you know, some kids we mentor. Um, so I, I felt like, um, hopefully, people will believe this. I felt like I had an obligation to stay up to date on like all the shows they were watching and stuff. Did you, you ever remember the show Jesse? Uh
0: actually I'm familiar it, with I'm familiar with Jesse.
1: Okay. It was the you know Disney show. Yeah. Uh, also, hey
0: Jesse. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, she was like the oldest child in the family that Jesse okay. was. Um now granted she was long, straight blonde hair and was kind of like her character was more of the little perfect princess type. Mm-hmm. So, oh, complete opposite yeah exactly uh, and she looks a little different now but um and then i think that show branched out a number of the kids from that show went and did some kind of camp i forgot what i forget now what it was called camp something mm-hmm. um and then she was part of that that branch out so she did oh, that sh- she did that show as well um okay so yeah i, I, I had to stop the show as soon as her character came in, I was like, wow, why does she looks so familiar. And I looked at that, I was like, oh wow. <laughs> like she's completely, I mean, not only with the way she looks, but just her character in general is total opposite. Yeah. I love
0: when I love when when people can do that when they play an act, like they play a character and they're that's kind of how they became known. And then their next character is just like complete and total opposite of what they portrayed. It's just I
1: love I love when they do that. Maybe like Megan from Drake and Josh to iCarly. Yep, yep. She was um no business why a guy my age should be talking this in depth about all these kid shows.
0: <laughs> hey, I, I I was actually on iCarly, so I can't I can't fault you there. I was into my twenties watching iCarly, so no fault there. So we continue to see Hawk evolve into the ultimate Cobra Kai bully, Dimitri to. Attempts to rejoin Cobra Kai, but you know he kind of gets his ass handed to him by Kreese, uh, which was really shocking to me in the moment. That was one of one of the first times in the show that I was actually kind of worried about anything going on. Um, And that says a lot about Kreese as a character, because up until that point, you know, there had been tension. There had been, you know, stressful moments, but I'd never actually been worried about anybody until Dimitri, you know, got beat up by Crease. And it was just, oh man, that was probably the, the most tense uh, scene up until that moment. Um,
1: yeah. Cause I mean, usually whether it was Crease or Johnny, you know, if they're being a little too tough on the students or the kids. It usually had like a, a comedic value to it, um, right? Or there
0: was at least somebody else there to like kind of break the tension. But yeah, like you said, that was kind of like, wow, that's that's a little much, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, man, it was. Huh. And poor Dimitri, like you know, I know, I know you love him, so I'm sure you know watching one of your favorite characters. Which I mean, I don't, I don't hate the kid, but he, he's. Seeing, you know, somebody that you just know is so defenseless and I don't want to say pitiful, but I guess that's a good word for him. In that moment was basically getting taken advantage of in that moment and just getting his, (laughs) just getting beat up, senseless by this old man. He writes this horrible Yelp review, as, you know, Dimitri's character would. He writes a, you know, a disparaging review on yelp about cobra kai which leads to hawk reading it you know and confronting him at a local shopping mall with several other cobra kai members they decide to to confront him he at this point he had already joined miyagi Do, so sam and robbie comes to his aid at the food court in the mall and you know they finally see that their training comes to fruition once they you know, defeat several Cobra Kai members at once. Hawk's girlfriend, Moon, breaks up with him uh, due to his bullying ways, which, you know, leaves Hawk distraught and pissed. And none other than Kreese swoops in at the most appropriate time, as always, and encourages Hawk to use that anger to strike. Hawk and a couple of other Cobra Kai kids trash Miyagi-Do Dojo and steal Mr. Miyagi's Medal of Honor. This enrages Daniel, and he storms to Cobra Kai to confront Johnny, who is oblivious to what happened. Johnny, now trying to take the bigger man approach, backs down from a fight with Johnny, and this doesn't sit well with Kreese. Uh, Several Cobra Kai students leave to go to join Miyagi Do. Johnny leaves.
1: So I'm sorry. With uh, with Kreese, Mm -hmm. we see this from the very you know first movie, and and with so many characters in Cobra Kai, you know, some of that we haven't even discussed yet, but. He always swoops in at the most opportune time with the character.
0: Mm.
1: You know, either something unfair happened to him, uh, they're angry at something, and he does the ultimate cobra move, and and he strikes right at that moment. He's definitely got that strike now
0: mentality down. He's pretty vicious, and he's definitely venomous.
1: And he Uh, disguises it so well as like caring and compassionate, mm -hmm. which is why he has so many students that are extremely loyal to him, at least for a time, um, because he disguises it so well. And and that that could be a future question is, is there genuine compassion and care there? Or is it all just for a mischievous purpose?
0: Right. So Johnny leaves Cobra Kai in the hands of Kreese as he goes out of town to meet up with uh, some of his old Cobra Kai buddies uh, because one of them is dying soon. Kreese immediately takes the opportunity to reinstill the original Cobra Kai ways and no mercy. When Johnny returns, he quickly notices that Kreese has turned his students into the type of Cobra Kai he was trying to avoid. And so therefore he kicks Kreese Out of Cobra Kai. Johnny strikes up a romance with Carmen, McGill's mom, and they have a comical first date that turns into an unplanned double date with Johnny and Amanda. Amanda, man. She... I know, I just can't get enough of her. I would watch a show that was just revolved around Amanda. She's hilarious. I can't get enough of her.
1: Um, Amanda, man, it's like, she's put in all these situations whether it was when Johnny and Daniel were about to trade blows, which I think was in season one, maybe that mm-hmm. we've already discussed. Yeah. Uh, now they're sitting next to each other. Um, then a scene we'll get to later uh, where it's uh, now beaten up with uh, Johnny and Daniel's both ex, Allie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And she handles all those situations perfectly. She really I does. I mean, it's like, you want that person in your life. Just, I mean, She <laughs> no. is like the ultimate combination of just everything that is just pure and awesome. I mean, she has the look, she has, I mean, she has the attitude, but she has the compassion. I mean, she, dude, she's just a full package. Like she, you said, she there really could is. be a show centered around her and it, it would be amazing. And she's a wonderful actress as well.
0: Yeah. yeah she's great. Uh, So Johnny and Daniel uh, at the dinner appear to make amends and realize that warring dojos is silly and unnecessary. However, the students from these dojos are still very much at war with each other with a number of run-ins. At a high school party that they are all attending, Sam ends up kissing Miguel with Tori witnessing. A failed attempt by Dimitri to smooth things over with Hawk nearly erupts into another brawl before the cops arrive, causing everyone to scatter and leave. Sam is too drunk from the party and is fearful to return home from that in that condition. Robbie decides to take her to his dad's uh, Johnny's place for the night. Johnny or Daniel finds out that Johnny is at Sam's place and busts up in there and a fight ensues between Johnny and Daniel. The rematch we've all been waiting for finally happens over Sam getting drunk and Johnny taking care of her. <laughs> you knew that the fight was going to happen eventually. And it was almost over one of the kids. So I guess it's not too big of a surprise that the fight actually broke out with, you know, over one of the other children.
1: It's another example where, uh, you know, the, the show creators do a really good job of building up sympathy for Johnny and then, but also kind of bringing Daniel down a little bit because mm-hmm. while Daniel reacts justifiably and, and in a lot of these situations, he does so without all the information. Obviously he, he didn't understand exactly Johnny's role and why Sam was there. He also, you know, at the time he blew up, didn't understand that Johnny had nothing to do with his dojo getting trashed or the Medal of Honor. You know, yeah. that, that that was kind of all more crease behind all that. So, he, especially season two, you see this happen a lot to where they're really building up Johnny uh, and then Daniel's kind of getting knocked down a few notches.
0: Yeah yeah it it was it's it's really it's really interesting also seeing johnny being put in a place kind of between crease and daniel um because you know he you see him longing for that relationship with daniel while also trying to sever the tie with crease while everything else in the world is like kind of pushing him back into the his original spot that he's trying to escape which is also another really interesting struggle for johnny's character so the fight is eventually broken up by sam and robbie daniel and johnny now return to hating each other and daniel is now done with robbie again the kids return to the first day of school with hopes to a fresh start but tori is noticeably absent tori takes over the school announcement and calls out sam for what she did kissing miguel the girls are set to square off as Robbie and Miguel frantically try to reach them. While Sam and Tori are fighting, Robbie intervenes to try to get Tori off of Sam. Then Miguel shows up to take out Robbie. This triggers the unavoidable karate war between Cobra Kai and Miyagi Do. Dimitri and Hawk finally square off, with Dimitri's training finally kicking in as he is able to defeat Hawk. Sam and Tori, as well as Miguel and Robbie, continue to fight sam is getting the best of tori for the most part but tori cuts sam in the arm with some spiked knuckles which was a little dirty on tori's part but you know she's been learning from crease so i mean what do you expect uh miguel gets the best of robbie and has him in a position to break his arm but, but with his recent recent teachings from johnny come to mind he opts to show mercy Robbie takes advantage of this moment and kicks Miguel who falls over the rail onto a stair railing several feet below. Miguel is severely hurt. The school is in complete shock and Robbie takes off running to avoid the police. The long-standing longstanding rivalry, rivalry between Daniel and Johnny has officially taken its toll on the kids. The parents and adults are distraught, probably none worse than Johnny as he's dealing with what happened to Miguel and now also Robbie. Carmen also wants nothing to do with him and is blaming him. If things couldn't get worse for Johnny, he returns to his dojo to find that Kreese is back training his students. They blame the Miguel situation on Johnny because of Mercy. Kreese was able to strike a deal with Johnny's landlord, so now Cobra Kai officially belongs back to Kreese. Johnny goes on another drunken binge and the season ends with him hurling his smartphone towards the ocean. And his phone shows a notification where Ali Mills accepted his Facebook friend request. That in season two, we're pretty much left with Miguel in critical condition, Robbie on the run, Cobra Kai in the hands of Kreese. Everything is falling apart, especially for
1: Johnny. Yeah, son, I know this gonna be a little difficult since uh, we're, we're trying to go back and rehash seasons and episodes that you know we've watched you know long before. But uh, do you remember as far as like? and you're probably a little bit different from me you probably went straight from season 1 to season 2 without waiting uh, mm. whereas I was kind of earlier in the game so I actually had to wait until season 2 <laughs> came out right. um so what do you remember thinking going into season 2 as, as far as away season 1 and what were you looking forward to in season 2 and some questions and theories the
0: theories that i had um i don't i didn't really have time to have theories i guess but i kind of expected crease And I expected him to be very involved. I knew that he was going to try to take over the dojo. I definitely expected him to, you know, go against some of the teachings that Johnny was trying to instill on the kids. um, Some of the good stuff. And I knew there was going to definitely be a a level of conflict there.
1: Yeah, I think probably the big thing with, with a lot of viewers was you Know once they reveal that Crease is coming back at the end of season one, and then and that's the way season two kicks off. Is all right, well, if they brought him back, who's next? Mm-hmm. I think so. That's, I think that's where ultimately your mind immediately goes is okay, who 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 else are they going to bring back? Obviously, most people are thinking about Allie,
0: yeah, and uh, especially you know with season two, that's when they start discussing her, um, you know, with the Facebook, and they kind of hint at you know possibly adding her to the show
1: yeah i don't know if there's ever been a character that's never made an appearance yet that was talked about and featured so much right uh than than her character i think that was definitely the main thing people are looking going into season two is you know hey is Allie coming back um, and I think we got some other discussion that we'll, we'll kind of dive deeper into that. Since they did bring Crease back, kind of forces you to kind of look at Johnny and Crease's very, very complicated relationship. It's it's very up and down, um, not only in the past, but you you, you see it continue to do that. Um, you know, right off the bat, they fight uh, at the beginning of season two. They meet up for breakfast. Johnny says, you know, Cobra Kai doesn't need you. I think it was a classic line where maybe Kreese said, the world needs Cobra Kai. And mm-hmm. Johnny shot back and said, well, Cobra Kai doesn't need you. Right. Um, so obviously there's still a lot of unmending, unmended feelings and, and issues there. But then we see Johnny have a, a change of heart. I think he's had other conversations where the way Karate Kid won the events, especially the way the tournament ended, Uh, the big fight after the tournament between basically him crease and then the other students and then miss miyagi obviously had to intervene but he brings back that repaired trophy you know obviously if you remember the original movie he broke the second place trophy because obviously you know Second place is just the first loser type mentality. So then, of course, that created that change of heart. He brings him back in. But then he kicks Crease out of Cobra Kai again after not liking his tactics. And then Crease gets his revenge and steals Cobra Kai back, right back from under Johnny. So, so here's an interesting question I have for you. Do you think there was any sincerity in the moment when Creese gave Johnny back the trophy and was looking to make amends, possibly for where he failed Johnny in the past, Or was it just simply all part of his devilish ploy?
0: I personally think that he just... I think he's just in it for evil ways. I don't think there's anything good about Crease. I mean, he's been homeless this whole time. Why is he... You know, it's not like he was actually anywhere. So he's been homeless. He could have looked up Johnny this whole time. He could have been trying to make amends this whole time. He only did it once Cobra Kai was established. and had a bunch of students like where was he at? You know? Yeah. I don't think there was any sincerity behind it.
1: See, the way that scene played out, he's, he's got his back turned to Johnny when Johnny calls back out, you know, in in a way of saying, Hey, I changed my mind. And and you see that little smirk Mm -hmm. in his face. So I'll be honest, definitely initially. I didn't think there was any sincerity at all. And you brought up a good point about, you know, why now, I mean, that proves that, you know, he's back in the picture because there is, you know, there's something that could benefit him or, for him to pick pick back up his his evil plan, which you know when you think about it, is a very strange plan that he wants to conquer. You know, teenage high school. <laughs> exactly, but but since we all obviously have the benefit of seeing future seasons, you know, we've seen season three and four. You do see some some kind of connection that he still feels towards Johnny, which makes me think maybe there was some sincerity in there. Obviously, you know, maybe it was 90%, you know, evil, but maybe there was 10% that maybe he really meant,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but he was obviously, you know, still taking advantage of the situation then. Cause obviously whatever sincerity he did have went out the window pretty quick when he stole Cobra Kai back out from under Johnny Yeah, and, and obviously Cobra Kai at that time was still much more important and bigger than anything relationship he had with Johnny
0: going further into the show. I think, I I don't know if he even necessarily cares for Johnny as he just relies on Johnny still to, you know, I think, I think some of the hurt we see in his face, isn't even him learning a lesson necessarily. I think it's, I think a lot of it is just him disappointed in himself for not being able to take care of the situation. I think he's just manipulative. (laughs) Honestly, I think he's really good at
1: it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, So obviously, you know, the show, as everybody knows, really centers uh, mostly on Johnny and Daniel's characters. Um, speak on how you feel like their two characters evolved in season two, a lot of changes. And we discussed this briefly earlier, going through the recap, but I mean, obviously with Johnny, we see huge strides and, in, in how he deals with the students, particularly Miguel, how he deals with crease, Daniel, Carmen, all the most important characters uh, that kind of interacts with him. Um, I think,
0: uh, I think for, both Daniel and Johnny, this season, more than any, I think they learn more about gray areas instead of just seeing the world in black and white. This is where they really start to see that they're not always right and that the world operates in in grays more than it does in, you know, in black and white. And I think this is the first one where they actually, the first season where they actually start, not really, I think they started noticing it in season one. But I think this is where it starts affecting them and making them choose, or not necessarily choose, but make them understand that the repercussions of seeing the world in black and white starts to actually come to fruition in this season and affect
1: them more. I feel like season two, one of the central messages, and you know how this works, everybody when they're watching a show or really any kind of content, it speaks to them differently. You know, whether it's based on their background being different or different life experiences. One of the things that stood out to me is in, they really use Johnny's character mostly to really push this in season two, but you really see it in in short doses and just about all the characters. But the whole idea that making the right choices, doing the right things does not, guarantee you that things will become easier that your life will be easier even that even your life will benefit from it mm-hmm. which is a tough pill to swallow so although johnny is still very much flawed he is making huge strides you know in season two and is realizing that's how you react to those moments that will truly speak to your character but i mean when you look at what his life went through and in season two, he's he's finally making those strides where you know, look, I I'm not guiding these students. And he takes that seriously, which is which is great. Um, he's he's really invested in these kids. He wants them to lead lead them down a different path than, than what he was taught. So he's making a lot of the right choices. He's he's not escalating things with Daniel, even though Daniel's trying to push the fight to him. And yet, how does season two end in which he loses the woman of his dreams? Mm-hmm the kid that he's invested in like his son may die his 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 very own blood son that he's finally starting to make strides to is is the reason that miguel's fighting for his life so i mean his world literally falls apart after almost an entire season of him doing the right things for the most part um how how does that speak to you
0: i think for the character of johnny i think I think he has to learn this lesson the hardest way. Seeing all of this happen makes him realize that everything that he does has causes bigger ripples in the world around him. And even though he's done good, it still, you know, doesn't necessarily offset the the evil that he's done in the past. And he has to live with that and be okay with that. Which, you know, kind of goes into season three a little bit. But you know, we, he has to live with his demons not ignore them but you know confront them and deal with them in the moment instead of you know just expecting change to happen overnight there's a lot of work that goes into it and i definitely think that this season from beginning to end shows johnny that that everything that he does creates you know reactions further on down the line at the beginning where he's seen what he's taught you know miguel and hawk with no mercy and how they've won the all valley to the very end when he sees how his rivalry with daniel is caused a rivalry between two dojos that ends in two people that he loves most in the world you know in very bad situations and all of that is based on childish immaturities bad things that he's, that he's literally paying for, you know, in the present.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely, you know, some hard life lessons that make you really question a lot of things. And he, he especially got to figure for him where he's like all these years. And I finally made some positive steps and this is the end result. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine that's had to be a tough pill to swallow, which is, you know, why we see him really spiral, you know, which. You know, for obvious reasons. and it you know, it also deals with another question that it's not spoken outwardly, but it's it's kind of a message that' is tossed back and forth, and you know, even back to the original karate Kid movies, but the whole idea of mercy. and and is it a sign of weakness or is it a sign of strength? What are your thoughts?
0: I mean, it's definitely a sign of strength morally, um and I, I think it's a sign of strength physically, you know, especially if you're in the position to be able to give mercy you're, you actually, you obviously have to be stronger, um, in any aspect, um, physically, mentally, you know, I think, I think you, I think it is a sign of strength. Is it a sign of intelligence? Maybe not always. And I think that's where it gets tricky. You know, if you show mercy on somebody, are they going to show the same mercy on you? You know, are you putting your health? Are you putting your loved one's health at risk? By showing somebody mercy, is that mercy going to come back to bite you in the ass someday? I think those are. I, I think mercy definitely shows strength, but I'm not sure if it if it always shows wisdom necessarily. I think it's a case by case basis <laughs> for me yeah, when it comes uh, to mercy on like a personal level, I guess. But yeah, I think it definitely shows strength.
1: Yeah, and and you brought up a good point earlier about the whole black and white versus gray and i think that's kind of where mercy falls people want it to be extremely black and white Mm -hmm. uh, but it's not um there are a lot of gray areas and i think for most people it's and and even daniel wrestles with this you know he realizes you know because you look at daniel and johnny and they're they're polar opposites to begin with or you know daniel's all mercy and johnny is all you know no mercy um And even Daniel's character evolves into the point where he realize, you know, hey, there are times where I need to be the aggressor, mm-hmm. or maybe mercy isn't called for. And and I think you kind of alluded to it. <laughs> <laughs> you have to know where the line is where, where mercy might just be very unwise. Mm-hmm. And you have to know when the right time is, you know, and it, it could be whether it's protecting your family. And I think that comes with maturity and wisdom knowing. The opportunity the right times to show mercy and the right times to where you, you just need to stand up, right? And we see a lot of the characters struggle with that. I mean, you you look at Miguel. The end of season two, he has his first moment to where he chooses mercy, showed yep. a lot of maturity there, and look where it led him. Yep. And and we see in season three, he, he wrestles with that. Um, Johnny wrestles with that. You know, is 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 mercy the right? the right take here. And I, I think we see in, in this entire show is you have to look at character development, your life in general. It, it's a long game. You know, it's a marathon. You often hear, you know, like here, you know, Hey, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And it right. is, it's very important because mercy doing the right thing. Um, maturing will can oftentimes bring you a lot of short-term pain and agony. Um, but it's the big picture that 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 you will find the benefits of it, and that's a that's hard for a lot of people. Um, it's kind of like the whole fitness weight loss journey, right. You know, we want to be able to take a pill and or or eat one salad and get on the scale the next day, and you know, you you dropped <laughs> ten pounds. It doesn't work that way, nope. and 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 life and character development, maturing, mercy, those are no different. It's, it's it's a long game when it comes to that kind of stuff. All right, so we discuss. Johnny a good bit. What, what do you think as far as Daniel's character and evolvement, uh in season two?
0: I think he kind of has an equal and opposite reaction to is what Johnny's is. I think that he has to question some of what he's been teaching uh because you know one of his students is responsible for maiming another student of a different you know dojo. I think he has to learn a lot of humility this season. I think he has to learn a lot about you know who he is. As a person like you kind of were saying, like, learn to not necessarily always take the high road, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. And we kind of talked about it briefly earlier. We we see Daniel in a lot of situations to where he, he comes out looking like the bad guy, not because we blame the way he reacts, whether it was because of his daughter or uh his dojo being vandalized and of course Mr. Miyagi's Medal of Honor it it did show that you know hey even though he's kind of portrayed as the guy that has it all he's still very flawed and he struggles to have that balance in his life which was always a key word that Mr. Miyagi always preached and like I said we talked about it earlier as far as his his, his anger is just a little bit misguided because he, he goes full force uh, and usually, it's just usually on Johnny, and and actually, Johnny's usually has been innocent in these particular scenarios. So mm-hmm. he's, he goes in not having all the facts and all the information. So it'll be interesting to see if his character starts to learn from that to say, uh, you know, because has always been portrayed as a hothead. He's always been, you know, the good guy, but with flaws, and and being a hothead's one of them, to where he he doesn't think things through before he lashes out, and. Which you know obviously plays a part in kind of elevating Johnny in season two and kind of bringing Daniel down a little bit. So we dealt with Johnny, Daniel. We we, we mentioned these next two characters, and now we'll talk about a little bit more in depth. But uh, we were introduced to Tori and Stingray. Yes. Which one?
0: Which one of these two is your favorite? They're two totally different, but they both they both are going to be seen quite a bit. But which one of these two? Or is your favorite?
1: Oh, I mean, it's without a doubt, Tori. I mean absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. You always love to have a bad guy that you just absolutely love. Mm-hmm. I mean, she represents everything that's wrong as far as just the way she comes in. I mean, she immediately starts stealing stuff. Yep. You know, she's going against the good guys, if you want to call them that. But man, she's just the the attitude she brings. I mean, She's uh, she's she's probably the most out of out of the people that
0: out of the characters that I guess you would consider the antagonist of the of the series. She's probably the most sympathetic out of all of them. Her morals are a little bit wishy washy, but when it comes to like her integrity and her ability to focus on a goal, she's outstanding as a character. Her drive is just amazing. I I love that about her. And she takes no shit from, from nobody. (laughs) She's, uh, she's very tough, very headstrong, a tough woman.
1: And, and probably one of, if not the best, like young actor on the show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh,
0: apparently she had, you know, some experience from Disney Channel
1: with that, but. So, I mean, I've heard, but, I mean, who, <laughs> I don't watch Disney. I, I couldn't tell you.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, she, I mean,
1: it definitely, she definitely brings a lot to the show. And
0: she definitely added some an element that I didn't even know that the show needed. I love her. Um, Stingray, on the other hand, he's great in small doses. I love him, but I'm glad that they didn't use him any more than they had to. Uh, I could definitely see how his character would get annoying kind of pitiful kind of um pathetic he's you know the only adult in any of the dojos outside of the senseis so i mean he's kind of set up to be that that person so yeah
1: can't make friends his own age so he has to Mm -hmm. has to be cool around all the high school kids
0: i don't even think he's
1: stingray at this point right he's still
0: when did he become stingray was that was that in season two? Was that when they had the uh
1: I think it was season two? Yeah, yeah, it
0: was. Because it was, was after the it was I after think, the thing.
1: Yeah, because when Johnny come back from hanging out with his buddies is when they did that, I forgot what they called it, but the competition in the woods. Yeah. I like think the he, flag I thing. Yeah, I think when he arrived for that is when he announced that, you know, he did a little whatever the thing yeah. was goatee. <laughs> yeah. I think that's when he announced <laughs> the beads that, in it. That he would be referred to as Stingray. Yeah. yeah. I think oh, people yeah. forget that he won that competition. Yeah, he
0: <laughs> did win that competition. Uh, I mean, that was definitely, and I I have to say that was probably my my favorite Stingray moment uh, of the season because I wasn't expecting it. It was probably the first time, and maybe the only time that I actually just like audibly just laughed out loud uh, the first time watching it because. I just wasn't expecting him to pop out of the pile of
1: leaves.
0: <laughs> oh, great!
1: That's great. So, so anytime I see characters like this introduced, like in the second season, it always makes me wonder: was that the was that the plan from the beginning from the show creators? Is that something that come up later? Or, obviously, we know now, seeing multiple seasons that Tori plays a ginormous role. Mm-hmm. Um, was her role meant to be smaller, but then it, she just worked so well that it, it just blossomed into something much more? Or I, don't know, I guess we'd have to watch a lot more interviews with the, you know, the creators and stuff to see uh, maybe to get more backstory to what they were thinking with these characters.
0: I would say with Tori, with Tori, they probably had her more, her arc more planned. But I think with Stingray, they probably threw him in, you know, just kind of as an addition, probably as response to like the demographic of the people watching the first season. And just probably a response to that would be my re- would be what I would imagine.
1: Yeah, I, mean, um, I can see that, and I think you see that probably in a lot of shows where it's just mm-hmm. like, all right, let's test this character out, and and see how they do. Let's see what kind of feedback we get from all the viewers and the critics, Um, and then you just kind of take it from there. And if you, the response is great, then you just kind of continue to find ways to work them into the story. And if people think it was a horrible idea, then hey, no harm done because it wasn't a major character to begin with. Yeah. So, season 2 is building up to this, you know, climactic ending that was all triggered ultimately by Tori's response to seeing Sam and Miguel kiss. Oh, with what we now know was her reaction and what it led to, was that an extreme overreaction? Uh
0: yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Tori has definitely got some anger issues. She knew what she was doing. She don't, I don't think she necessarily knew the end result, but I knew that I do think that she knew, you know, going over the loudspeaker at school, what <laughs> what would come out of it. I, I do think it was an overreaction. She definitely could have, you know, handled it after school if she wanted to. Um, just her, you know, between them two. But I think she's she had to make a big production out of it, and which was definitely a, an overreaction.
1: I think what we see here, and, and you learn a lot more about Tori's character in like seasons three and four, so we don't really know. If I'm not mistaken. We don't really know much, if any, of her backstory at this point. But as you, I think it's it's hinted at. If I'm not mistaken, in season two, because the, the students are kind of going through this battle of what Johnny was trying to reteach them. what crease is bringing in Mm -hmm. and 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 she's kind of all on board with crease and and she's having this debate with uh i guess miguel i think i don't know i'm getting a lot of my seasons mixed up here (laughs) but as far as you know and and you could tell okay she's been dealt a pretty rough hand in life um and crease was able to recognize that and kind of capitalized on it tori's not lashing out against sam or the kiss She's lashing out against the hand she's been dealt in life. Right. And she sees Sam as, you know, the kid that's unfairly been handed everything with the great family, the great home, the great neighborhood. Yeah. Everything that she feels like she's been unfairly not handed or given an opportunity to even go after. So I think her reaction is about all of that, not even yeah. really the kiss because she, she sees Sam's life and then she see even Sam getting her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. um and i think you know, like you said some of her anger issues and and we learned so much more about her uh, i mean in the next few seasons that i think that just all came to a head yeah. and, and i think the writers did a great job of of orchestrating that into what they knew they had to use as the big finale um which we see really unfold there in the last you know episode so on a lighter note after dealing with some heavy stuff uh, um I mean season two does a great job of incorporating a lot of humor it does get obviously a, a, a good bit darker especially with the way it ended and we'll get more into that later but we see the power of a Yelp review really portrayed <laughs> here in season two yeah
0: definitely caused a little bit of a riot in a food court
1: yeah it's um and of course it had to be Demetrius character that they used to, to really push that um, <laughs> I mean it would I, be his character it it fits i mean i I can see his dimitri using that in like certain conversations like well like are you are you you say you're a bad boy but what have you ever done well (laughs) i did leave a really bad yelp review one time right
0: i left a one star in a karate dojo
1: and of course you know there's some other really obviously stingray just pretty much all everything he's involved with is 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 definitely on a comedic level Mm -hmm. um Of course, Johnny, uh, I I don't know if it was that funny to other people. Um, Part of me thought it was just really stupid, but obviously Johnny's character is so stuck in the 80s. Even the woman that he's dreaming about is the 80s music video. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like even his wet dreams are stuck in the 80s. (laughs) But uh, it's yeah, there's a lot of good... um, Aren't they all? Yeah, no, mine mine aren't. (laughs) I tend to evolve that area of my life. So, and and we 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 really gushed on Amanda's character earlier. You can't use the word
0: gush after we talk about wet
1: dreams. (laughs) But no, I I think her character's used really well, where they ride that line between not taking ourselves seriously, but hey, we need to really deal with some really dramatic stuff and you, you see that done really well in season two, but her character, and we talked about all the different scenes and situations her characters put in, but she's always there to remind us how absurd and silly this whole concept is yeah. of, of, of rival dojos. I mean, even karate being so heavily featured like it is, you know, even in modern day, because uh, obviously the whole season and show takes place in modern day times, but so she's that constant reminder is like, y'all do realize this isn't normal, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing yeah. about this makes sense. <laughs>
0: yeah. And it even makes you as a viewer just kind of pull out and be like what, the, like, what the hell am I watching? Like, I'm watching a show about karate dojos. Exactly. It makes you kind of laugh at yourself. And that's one of the things I do love about Amanda's, Amanda's character is that she kind of pulls you out of it for a moment and just makes you even laugh at yourself for like getting so invested in what you're watching.
1: Yep. All right, so what are your thoughts about the last few events of season two with the big school fight and the immediate aftermath?
0: Um, I was definitely upset. You know, I love Miguel, uh, so, you know, I was pretty distraught. You know, I'm also invested in Robbie at this point, so seeing him seeing him do that to Miguel was also, you know, really heartbreaking. All, all of it, you know, being, like, loving and respecting Tori, but at the same time, Fearing for Sam, you know, and seeing her get cut, and you know, worrying for her, and you know, once you see, you know, that happened to Miguel, you're, you know, terrified. And the whole, the whole fight, you know, it was well rewarding. You got to see uh, Dimitri defeat Hawk, which was nice. You know, you got to see him actually like have a win for once. But yeah, it was, it was devastating at the end when everything just got quiet. Miguel's just laying there. Yeah, it was terrifying. Uh, what about you?
1: Yeah, I mean, that that whole sequence was like a punch to the gut. I mean, it's like, all right, yeah, it was all fun and games. But now, you know, because up to that point, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of fight. But it's it's almost like done in a cartoon fashion where everybody's fine the next day. There are, yeah. no, there are no serious injuries. You might see a black eye or this or that. But it's like now, especially when you got former best friends going at it, um, you got weapons be- coming at I, uh, you know, with, with Tori using like the spike knuckles mm-hmm. and, and then now the serious injury with Miguel, cause you knew the way it ended. It's like, wow, that's, that's, that's not going to be good. That's just not something that he's coming back to school the next day. Right. And like you said, and you're getting so attached to all these different characters and you know, wow, you, there is no simple way to, to move on from this. There's mm-hmm. some major changes coming and it just, you know, makes your emotions, you know, go everywhere there for a while. But but yeah, I mean it, it definitely took a dark turn there, yeah. you know, at the end where everybody just kind of takes a step back and it's like, all right, Amanda was right. This is ridiculous. And why <laughs> right. we got why we got karate kids going at each other. Exactly. So uh your feelings about the very ending of season two with uh obviously Johnny's in his downward spirals we mentioned earlier for good reason with everything that happened just in a very short period of time after he was doing so good, but it ends with him getting the Facebook friend request confirmed from Ali after he chunks his phone towards the ocean. I don't think I actually made it to the, to the yeah. ocean, but <laughs> it landed in the sand there. In sand,
0: yeah. It left on a good note, you know, uh, it makes you hopeful for season three. It actually makes you not just, you know, of course, you know, I guess this is kind of, you know, Leading into like, you know, like what you're thinking for season three, but like with it leaving you there, you know, you're you're already like, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen to Miguel? And you're kind of, you know, wondering for all these things that are going to play out in like kind of a negative way um, that you're just kind of with Ali's Facebook, you know, friend accepting moment there at the very end. It actually gives you something to look forward to. I guess, in season three um, and doesn't kind of, you know, leave you like in a somber tone, like, oh my gosh, you know, who's going to die? Who's going to live? Who's going to come back? Who's going to, you know, who's going to make it through this, et cetera, et cetera. And you're actually like kind of leave on a, oh, okay, I'm excited for how this is going to turn out next season.
1: Yeah, I mean, they tease you with Allie so much throughout the season. And so I, I thought that was kind of a like a nice little touch there. At the end, Like you said, that kind of such so that it was so somber leading up to that point where you're like, hmm, okay, and that's mm-hmm. interesting. So maybe they're going to maybe do more than actually just talk about her and actually yeah. she might actually make a live appearance. Right. So what, what are your thoughts about season two as a whole? I loved it.
0: I, I knew at this point that I was going to be in it for the whole long haul. The addition of Tori was amazing. I think, you know, Dimitri going to Miyagi Do and finding his place there—that was such a great part of season two. I, I love season two; it was great. Uh, I mean, the way it ended was definitely, you know, heart-wrenching and very, like you said, very somber. But very the season overall was very interesting to watch—just how everything played out.
1: Yeah, totally agree you always have that fear, you know, season one kind of calmed the first fear of, all right, was this This going to be a big mistake? You know, why did you bring Karate Kid back into this? Just leave it alone. It was a classic Mm -hmm. from 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. And then season one is so good. And you're like, all right, so it's gonna be one of those one hit wonders to Mm -hmm. where it's like, that's all they had in them. And then season two, just, I don't know if it was as good as season one, but if it wasn't, it was right there. There there was no, you see a lot of shows where it's just, there's a big downward dive kind of after season one not with this one i mean it it stayed strong um now it 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 i'm glad it kind of took a different turn like something I we mentioned it got a little darker and i, I think you, you have to make changes in order for a show to be successful over you know a long run and they obviously recognize that so it, you know they, they start dealing with the you know some, some more serious stuff they introduce some really good new characters you see the characters evolve and and we talked about this before it's like I've I've never watched a show where I'm rooting for someone different and I'm I'm hating someone different or I'm liking someone different, um, like even with Johnny and Daniel, it's like you kind of root for them to come together, and and work as a team, and it never even lasts a full episode before yeah. something, before something kind of harms or breaks up that that whole relationship. But yeah, season two was excellent. Now, lastly, of course, since mean in in yours. Cobra Kai experience is different since you had to binge watch it since you were late to the game. As far as what do you remember leaving season two, going into season three? I know for you it was probably just like, how many pizza rolls should I eat before I start season three <laughs> type deal where I actually it, had yeah. to wait like a full year. Um, was,
0: skip the recap. Oh, I didn't have to watch the <laughs> recap. That was pretty much my, uh, my experience.
1: So I know mean, one of the biggest theories um, I don't even know if we've discussed this before, but I mean, obviously it's centered around Allie cause that's always been the main character. You know, we talked about it before, you know, oh, they brought crease Brack. So that means anybody could be brought back. So everybody's like, Oh, so you mm-hmm. know, they got to bring back Allie. And then, right. so you pretty much know at this point, okay, she's got to come back in some form or they wouldn't have spent so much time and the way they ended the season. But one of the big theories was, is she was going to be involved in Miguel's recovery because she's a doctor. Oh, yeah. And I think her husband was a doctor as well, yeah. so they weren't sure if it was going to be her or if it was going to be her husband. But that was the big theory, is that one way or another, she's the one that's going to come down as a specialist to help Miguel survive or recover. Um, so mm-hmm. that was that was a big theory. Of course, spoiler alert, that's not that didn't play out. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, there's just so much going on heading into season three. You're like, okay, what's going to happen to Miguel? You pretty much know he, he's not going to get killed off um yeah. it's characters too important to the show for them to do that so early but what was his obviously a big change is coming to his life because they did a good job in the fact that he didn't heal immediately because then it's just like then that's just dumb you don't take him through something like that and he walks it off in a couple of weeks yeah. um but then you got crease taking over cobra kai does miyagi do close now because of the way the season two ended it's like it's like look this is it no more karate we're done with this Right. How does how does Johnny rebound from such a devastating ending to where, you know, his, his life seemed to be on the uptick and just, I mean, crashed from every angle possible. Definitely, I think, more questions going into season three than there were going into season two. But, um, but yeah, that, that's the main theory I do remember is, is people are like, oh, yeah, they're bringing Allie back and she's the doctor that's going to... Which I would have been okay with that yeah, story that, angle. That would
0: have been a pretty interesting story angle to see, you know, like, if that would have been, like, a conflict for her as a character, you know, like, you know, just having to appease Johnny and Daniel while also, you know, treating somebody that, yeah, that would have been really
1: interesting. And we'll obviously talk more about her character in in uh, season three. Yeah. I think that finishes it up.
0: That's going to be the end of our first episode. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. That really does help these dudes out. If you have a thought or idea about what we're watching, please email us at streamingwith2dudes at gmail.com. And don't forget to stay hydrated.